0: FYI, this podcast contains spoilers.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 78 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. We're here for a very special flashback episode. Of course, I'm your host, Jason. I hail from the distant future of 2013 Venable, (sighs) and I, you may hear some uh, giggling and grunting as As it's common in in the podcast world. This flashback episode, we not only have one co-host, we have two (laughs) co-hosts. I'm joined by Cameron Slane Sinclair. AKA, that's right, fatso, we're better. And in addition to that, I have Denise Apprehended Venable, also known as <laughs> Face. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, we have the whole trinity of the podcast that goes nicked under one roof for the first time.
0: The space-time continuum has been bent.
1: Yes. What well, about that
2: time Andrew was on, though?
1: Well, he never wants to come back, so... He's
2: out of the, he's <laughs> out of the trinity.
1: <laughs> yeah. What was a quick? He'll, he'll, he'll be the first disciple, I guess. All right. Yeah. The missing... The, the prophet that foretold of... That was Andrew.
2: I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I did that. You hear that, Andrew? You must
1: redeem yourself.
2: Oh, sexy girlfriend. <laughs> we have a new sound app here that we're trying. Yes,
1: out. yes. So hopefully you're loving it. This
2: and one's a lot crazier than the one we usually use. So. Yes,
1: yes. So why all these extra, extra people on the podcast? No. You might. To... <laughs> or you might be vitrally opposed to. <laughs> But it's because we're covering another epic X-Men story. Possibly one of the most epic X-Men stories. I think you're right. Just in time for a movie of the same name coming out later this year.
2: Next month, I think. No, Ooh. that's
1: Captain America. Or
2: Thanks. maybe it's May. I saw a sign for it today. Is that soon? I think so. I they they
1: are still doing post-production.
2: I think it's April or May. Oh. But anyway, so on that.
1: sometime this year... The Days of Future Past movie is coming out, so we're going to look at the Days of Future Past comic. Well, not so. We we're going to do it regardless, but <laughs> happy so, coincidence. So the happy movie is based off of... Loosely.
0: <laughs> it is Hollywood.
1: You remember when we watched the Days of Future Past on the cartoon? No. No. Oh. We did when when we were watching the cartoon with Ethan, and it was pretty loose.
2: (laughs) Release date May twenty third.
1: Really, wow!
2: In your face.
1: In my face.
2: (laughs) Candy was right.
1: I don't know whether to be scared or to make out with somebody, (laughs) as fireworks make me want to do. Interesting. Yeah. So, anyway. (laughs) This is going to ruin this podcast. Yes, it is. (laughs) I'm here to tell you what the world is like in the distant future. (laughs) In the distant future of 2013. (laughs) Perfect. Um, In 2013, there will be digital comics. Oh, um, man. Smartphones.
0: Ooh.
2: iPhone, iPad. I don't even know anymore. Paleo diets.
0: Hey, don't be dashing my paleo.
1: <laughs> and Scott joke. And before. mutant concentration camps.
0: And giant yeah. robots ruling the world. Yes.
1: say don't, spying. Don't go outside. Big brother. Obamacare Sentinels will be right after you. <laughs>
0: that
2: is absolutely correct.
3: <laughs>
1: All right. Well, Somewhere,
2: Sarah Palin has a Facebook post about sentinels Obamacare <laughs> sentinels you know
1: like the biggest mutant internment camp is in uh, Alaska yeah well it's like the uh, and if you stand on the front porch you can see
2: Russia the FEMA concentration camps that was a thing normally yeah, said they were going to have those that's right this is all uh, all part of that
1: oh come on <laughs> <laughs> so anyway I have a nerd confession to make uh oh uh oh so a nerd fashion. a nerd fashion. that's nerdtastic you are a huge nerd. <laughs> well, I was, but I may not be as huge of a nerd yeah. as I'm supposed to be.
2: You are an
3: idiot.
1: <laughs> so, for the first time in flashback episode history, we are going to read a comic I don't actually have. Uh-oh. What? Yeah. In some form or another. Obviously, I didn't have the original first appearance of Wolverine. Right. But, um, yeah, Uncanny X-Men 141 is my only hole from uh, Uncanny X-Men 120 up. I have every uh, mainstream X-Title book from that point. Well, X-Men. I don't have all the, uh, not not surrogate, what's the word? Spinoffs? Yeah, sure, that'll work. (laughs) Why not? Like, I don't have every X-Factor and every X-Force and all that. But all the actual, like, X-Men books, I have everything from Uncanny 120 up except for Uncanny 141. Wow. That's because I've never been able to find it at a price I can afford. Yeah. And with the movie coming out, it's only gotten more expensive.
2: Yeah. So I can imagine.
1: So if anybody out in the audience land wants to send me a copy... <laughs> even For a free. yeah, even a beat up one. It doesn't have to be in good shape. I just would like to uh, fill the hole. There's, I a, wish there's there was a
2: cricket's function. To play
1: there's a void. Things. There's a void in my heart that can only be filled with uh, old newspaper or newsprint paper. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you are. But that leads to another confession. Because I never had the first part. I never. I've never read this story before. Interesting. Yeah, this this is my first time ever to read Days of Future Past.
2: I don't think I'd ever read it either. Yeah, which is... Weird for a big X-Men nerds, Yeah,
1: but. yeah, pretty shameful. What? <laughs> but this is the first time I've read it. I, I always said, you know what, one day I'll get it and I'll read both parts. So I've, I've had 142 for a while. But um, I never read it because so I wanted to wait till I had the first part. and anyway, I broke down and found a copy of the trade paperback. So that's when I'm reading from. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Anyway, so let's go ahead and uh, get into our actual episode. I think this would be a, I think this would be a good time for that. Let's do so, it. Um, all right, let's do it. Okay, so Days of Future Past, here we come. Of course, this starts in Uncanny X-Men 141.
2: Okay, so we start with Chris Claremont and John Byrne going back to the writer-co-plotter's artist shenanigans. Yep. Terry Austin, still inking. Tom Orzachowski, or is it, yeah, Orzachowski, and Glynis Warren, colorist.
1: What does Orzachowski do? Letterer. Okay. Did I not say that? I don't think so. <laughs> only this time right in. Only sure. time spent in the ed- editing booth will uh, determine that.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, I apologize. Yeah. The ghost of Horzachowski. <laughs> I
3: don't he, know.
2: Is he He's dead? probably still so alive. I have no <laughs> idea. This is a long time ago, so I just... That's uh, uh, true. By it's 20,
1: I'm sure by the time 2013 gets here, he'll be long gone.
2: Yeah, I'm sure in the yeah. distant future. Yes. Um, Alright, so this one, so start with a cover. Yeah, this this is is our,
1: spoiler alert, this is our last John Byrne cover for a while.
2: Last John Byrne cover. This is, I think, a fantastic cover. It's
1: iconic, I would dare say. Iconic and fantastic. Oft repeat, or oft copied?
2: Yeah, I think there's a GI Joe comic from around the same time that looks almost the same. We all saw yeah. GI Joe, but I'll throw that in there anyway.
1: One day so, we'll do our GI Joe podcast. That's right.
2: So on this one, we have a big wall with a big spotlight. On Yay the, spotlight! On the wall, no, in the in the front, the spotlight is pointing to a much older Wolverine with lots of Reed Richards-style white hair <laughs> around his ear,
1: just in his temples.
2: Just in the temples.
1: But since he has crazy hair, his temples go back.
2: That's right. That's yeah. right. Which reminded me of that old man Logan series.
1: It also reminds me of Crystal Ball. Speaking of GI Joe, he does look a little bit like Crystal Ball. Right? Uh,
2: I think you're right. <laughs> so we have an old man Logan, and then we have a grown up Kitty Pride.
0: all grown up. Who Botox by the lips?
2: By the uh, <laughs> well, it's 2013. Yeah, so, 2013. Everybody gets everyone. Everybody
1: gets, gets, gets Joey'd.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. So they're the in the spotlight, looking scared. Um, behind them, on the wall, though, they have a big poster with all of the X Men, with tags on each one saying either they've been killed, they used to the turn slain. Slain. And we have. I think it's because
1: in 2013, Slayer makes a big comeback.
2: Well, I'm hoping.
1: <laughs> I
2: still have my fingers crossed for that. I've been checking oh. the Windstar Casino. Don't bullets. cross them; you
1: make rock horns. <laughs> There you go. Every night when you get us, tweet do rock horns and lay down.
2: That's right. I do that anyway. You oh, know, okay. You know, so, so anyway, on the poster that we have, Wolverine who's not anything on it, which is why he's standing in front of them. So, yes. Anyway, fantastic cover, I think. Yes. Think?
1: I love this cover. I think it uh it deserves this iconic status. I agree. I concur with. that.
0: I love the signs that like it's. Attention, you were leaving a yeah.
1: controlled zone. I also like that by this point, apparently John Byrne and Terry Austin are so famous, they can cover up their names on the cover.
3: Yeah,
2: like, you I know, like that too. You know what it
1: says. You we don't get, even
2: need to know. We get Burr and Aust. <laughs> but we all know. I think Burr Aust is code for something. Burr Aust, it could be. Yeah. Before we get into the story though, there's an advertisement that you guys don't have. No,
1: we will not have the ads, unfortunately. That I'm going
2: to show you. In below- oh, man.
1: Damn phone.
0: Okay,
2: sorry about that, podcast yes. listeners.
0: Um, Where was our censor haw <laughs>
2: <laughs> Speaking of cowboys. Speaking of cowboys. So the ad on the first page of this. I think we've about this. Is one OJ Simpson, but not this one. We uh, talked okay. about another one. Um, this was an ad for boots. <laughs> for dingo boots. Dingo, ad the ad
1: dingo ad. ate my baby.
2: Exactly. That's what I said when I first read it. So what's funny about this? Is we have, first of all, it's O.J. Simpson, which is yes. in, now in the 21st century. It's yes. just basically a joke.
1: Oh, in 2013, O.J. Simpson will be in jail again. In this they will 2013. Steal, and steal cookies from the uh, prison kitchen. Why? He steal cookies? No, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure that's a real thing.
2: Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm not surprised. He
1: stole something. He was in jail and he stole something yeah, from the oh, cafeteria.
2: Oh, that's funny. That's yeah. really funny. I didn't hear that. Well, anyway, so this ad is O.J. Simpson. He's doing touch, touchdown, and we have the dingo he's kids. He's doing what?
3: Touchdown!
2: <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and we have these, these self-proclaimed dingo kids, and they say, hey, "I like to call you, them dingo
1: like- berries." Dingo berries,
2: <laughs> <a> nice one. <laughs> one dingo kid says, "Wow, O.J. Simpson, let's get his autograph." And the other dingo kid says, Aw, oh, a superstar like him wouldn't notice us. Aw. But then OJ says, Well, he'll notice
1: you, but he'll murder you <laughs> in cold blood. He might. In this case, though. The blonde head kid does kind of look like Nicole Brown. Uh, that could be. That could be. Um,
0: Foreshadowing. Uh, what's the
2: other guy?
1: Ron Perlman. Not Ron, Ron
2: Perlman.
0: Perlman? <laughs> that's the old him. boy. <laughs>
1: yes, OJ killed Ron Perlman. <laughs> and Goldman? Ron Goldman, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, someone tweet Kato Kain and ask him who who OJ killed. Oh my goodness!
2: All right. Anyway, the point of that is that OJ then says, "Hey, with those dingo boots, you guys look like superstars." (laughs) So then he gets. Wait, is this OJ
1: or Michael Jackson? (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) And then he signs it OJ Dingo.
1: Are they wait? Is that a racist advertisement? Are they saying that all black people don't know their name? I think that he's saying that he put boots on and became OJ Dingo. Oh. Okay.
0: He became a super, yeah, he's super a superstar. Super, yeah,
1: super superstar. Oh, uh, okay.
0: Because he's got dingo. He can
1: score a touchdown in cowboy boots, or Then they should let him out of jail,
2: or that he was a huge sellout. Oh, and then you could write and get a free autograph of him, and you would mail Gee-haw! it to
1: standing next to
2: Big Texas Boot. That's right. You could sell it to O.J. Dingo in Clarksville, Tennessee.
1: That is good to know. You should cut all that out. It wasn't worth it. No, it's standing. <laughs> All right. I will edit nothing. <laughs> All right. So, today's of the future fast. All right. So, <laughs>
2: we start out in the future.
1: The undetermined future. The
2: undetermined, distant future of 2013.
1: Yes. Space <laughs> well, age. We don't know it's 2013 yet. But no, but we're getting there.
2: We yeah. do know it's the 21st century. Yes. They call us that on the first page. So, we open up in the future. What we find out very quickly is that Kitty is old and now looks like a man. <laughs> we have these guys called the Rogues, who are nothing like Rogue. No. They're instead much more like the Dreadnoughts. Back to G.I. Joe.
1: Yes, they are <laughs> like the Dreadnoughts. Or every future gang.
2: Or every future
1: gang, that's true. <laughs>
2: Mad Max, every gang ever. Yeah. Mohawks or
0: and Or YMCA. <laughs>
2: no. YMCA, a little bit.
1: Just the Indian. He doesn't have feathers in his Indian. hair, so. Yes, and war paint.
2: So we get um, Kitty Pride. Now, Kate Pride. She's well, yeah, matured. she grew up. She goes by Kate. So she's trying to meet Wolverine. They She gets attacked by rogues. Wolverine kicks the rogues' asses in a classic Wolverine fashion. And then we find out that basically what has happened, 2013, like we said, yeah. back in 1988, there was a mutant registration act. Is that what they called it?
1: I think so, yeah. I meant to look that Is that up. this one? Uh, that is a thing. I well, that's,
2: that's, that's what yeah. they call it in the future. I can't remember if it's the exact same name. Let me look it up really fast. Mutant Control oh. Act.
3: <laughs>
1: the, the Mutant, mutant Control, Control Act. Act,
2: in case I cover that I up think with that's my. 20, 19, 1990s when they do the mutant registrations. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Anyway, Mutant Control Act, 1988. They hunt down, the Sentinels are basically reactivated. They hunt down everybody. They end up killing or imprisoning everybody that's super powered, not just mutants, but also superheroes. Um, and we find out that there's basically this last collection in North America. Now apparently none of this has happened in the rest of the world, which is part of the not yet the whole thing, not yet. Yeah. So this is just in North America. So Wolverine's working with the Canadian Resistance Army. And then we have basically a handful of people left. Magneto's still around although he's not part of the the plot. Oh, I guess he is actually. He will be. We yeah. have Colossus, we have Kate Pride, we have Franklin Reed, I mean, Franklin Richards? Yes. Who is the son of... Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? Mr. Fantastic and Sue Storm. I thought that was the same guy. Yeah. And then a girl named Rachel, who's got to be eventually retconned to be Rachel Summers. they're not stated here? I don't... They don't ever say that. They call her a telepath, telekinetic oh, yeah, telepath. It
1: is, it is definitely Rachel it Summers. It is? Okay.
2: Yeah. I don't think they ever say that. unless I missed it, but... No. Hmm. hmm. So, anyway... And they have this plan in which they're going to... They have all these bracelets on their neck that are suppressing immune powers. They have a big plan where they're going to send somebody back in time to get the old X-Men to help them. So they enact that plan. We go back in time where we have a Kitty Pride who's just stumbled into the danger room. Danger, danger.
1: As X-Men <clears throat> apt to do.
2: And she almost gets killed. As often happens in the danger room.
1: Oh, yeah. The the Danger Room is a murder machine. That's right. But then she does
2: well in the Danger Room, and then suddenly her conscience is switched between 2013, Kate Pride. Yes. And then she tries to explain it to the X-Men. At first they don't believe her, but pretty quickly they do. She tells them, fills them in, all the stuff I just told you. (laughs) And then we find out that what basically had happened, the new Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, led by Mystique, assassinates a presidential candidate, who in 1980, when this is... Taking place. Right. Was running for president on an anti mutant platform, basically. He was leading an investigation into the mutants. The brotherhood of the mutant kills him with the idea that they're going to teach people to fear mutants. Right.
1: But it backfires.
2: Backfires or works so well that people become (laughs) so scared of mutants that they pass this Control Act and then basically destroy uh, everything, goes, goes to hell after that, basically. So Kate Pride leads. Part of the x-men to go to where they're having this hearing over mutant information uh where this guy kelly, something kelly senator kelly senator kelly is leading this investigation i mean an um, investigation hearing brotherhood of evil mutants shows up to kill him and the x-men show up and try to stop him and that's basically where we end this
1: all right well first off on the first page i like and we, we've commented on this with John Byrne before. I really like the way he works the title of the story into the art. Yeah. He yeah. basically has like days of future past and it like still beams on an old abandoned building. Yeah,
2: it's like a billboard. It side. looks
1: really cool. And then other than sometimes looking like a man, I also will say that older Kitty or Kate does look legitimately like an older version of the way John Byrne has been drawing Kitty Pryde so far. Yeah, I agree. Like her facial structure and features are still the same.
2: Yeah, he does a good job of uh, in in for all of the characters. I'll go ahead and say that now. He does a good job of aging them. Yeah, still because even when he they, they when look he
1: crosses, like his representations of the yeah. characters.
2: and so it wasn't it wasn't difficult to figure out who was who.
1: Exactly. If Which you've been, I, if I you've I been reading that. along, you know what's going on.
3: Yeah,
1: I will. Uh, John Byrne is also a prophet. He knew that in twenty thirteen. Uggs would be really in style.
2: <laughs> that's true. It does look like she has some Because Kitty
1: Pride, or I'm sorry, Kate Pride is wearing some Uggs.
0: I like that the Mad Hatter is part of the rogue group. The, the
2: Mad, Mad Hatter?
1: Hatter. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. That's funny.
2: I didn't even notice that guy.
1: I said, oh, the widow Gangster didn't like getting kicked. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I really like...
1: He literally cries. He does look like he's crying. No, oh, yeah, there's a tear fingers, yeah. coming out of his eye. Yeah, that's right, he does. He's a crying baby.
2: He is crying like a baby.
0: But, you know, Wolverine... Um, she didn't know, get him in the junk. Yeah, in the
2: solar plexus, which, yeah. I, you know, I might yeah. make you cry too. A good shot at yeah. the solar plexus yeah. might make you cry.
1: Uh, Wolverine, we find out, is a colonel in the Canadian Resistance Army. Got nice right.
2: to know the Canucks are resisting.
1: Yeah. I wrote a 2013, oops. (laughs) Everybody's (laughs) dead. We see everybody's uh, headstones.
2: Yeah. I really like that she walked by the graveyard and how it showed all the different, because you can see so many different characters right off the bat. Right. And it it was a good way to kind of show that pretty much everyone's dead without having to then get into, here's who's dead, here's who's not dead. Yeah.
1: At least all of the X-Men in the Fantastic Four.
2: Yeah. And also, yeah, also to show you right off the bat that this isn't just X-Men.
1: Right. right. But notice we absent are any Avengers.
2: Well, Hank McCoy at the far corner.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I guess at this point he is still an Avenger. Which, yeah, that's I true. Guess that's kinda of a crossword.
2: Okay. Yeah, Johnny Storm. I can't tell oh Sue Richards. I don't know who that B O D A is.
1: Oh, Bobby Drake. Iceman.
2: Oh yeah, Bobby Drake. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that was a kind of a nice way to quickly
3: uh I
0: also like kind of how they used old historical references when she's on the I guess the subway or the bus or (laughs) run by horses. They have a horse-pulled bus. Yes. She has a jumpsuit with an M, and others have jumpsuits with H's to signify who's human.
1: Yes. Yeah. Who's It's very similar, I actually like a little bit better, uh, from Bishop's Future, where they have the M tattoos on the face. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of an early version of that.
2: Um, I also like that some of this is kind of a blending of the, the Big Brother... Kind of the 1984 slash Brave New World visions of, of, of right. the future. Where you kind of have the big brother, but then we also have this kind of Brave New World dividing people up into classes. and.
1: Right.
0: Funny that um, nobody thought to change their jumpsuit. Yeah. Just too big. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Well, yeah,
2: I don't know. Also like that Divergent book in the new movie. Did you read the Divergent book? Uh-uh. Have you guys read that? Is that young
1: adult fiction? Yeah. Yeah, the
2: it's the big movie that's coming out. Yeah, I've, I've seen their, them previously. Their crazy. sayings is they have classes of people. Or something. It looks pretty horrible. <laughs> Amy's. Amy read the book. She liked. Oh, it. Oh,
1: okay. Well, so. no, she also liked Twilight.
2: <laughs> Twilight was very bad, but. I think the is it like a hundred Hunger, other, Games? Hunger Games is really good. So I thought the first think one was okay. Be, I never saw the second one. I haven't seen it yet either. It's supposed to be more like Hunger Games than Twilight because I think it's more. There's more to it. I so welcome
1: back so. to the movie podcast. This is the
2: teen fiction <laughs> yes, <podcast. it> is. <laughs> all Next step, nothing Harry but Potter. young adult novels. That's right. Now, Harry Potter is great. Yeah. It is great.
1: So I did think it was interesting that Magneto is in a wheelchair like Professor X. We find out, of course, that Kate and uh Peter were married yeah. but it's funny to kind of get like the resolution to the romance before we've really had it developed. Yeah, I thought that, that, was, that was kind interesting of
2: interesting too. well and he also says there at one point that he loved her from the moment they first met yes. which I thought that was like three issues ago
1: <laughs> and <laughs> we
2: mentioned when, and, and when I kind
1: of remember that being night. the other way around and Kenny was like oh that, that huge guy is so cute yeah well and, I
2: think they it was, it was mutual, maybe, or they yeah. didn't really do that much with it. But I remember us commenting when right. we did that one about how it's like they had started it out from the right. very beginning. So. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: I don't like, however, in their little embrace, the way he's drawn, it, he's missing his hand.
2: Yeah, her shadow is a little too dark there. Yeah. It makes his hand look giant, too. <laughs> it
1: makes his hand look freaking huge.
0: Well, and um, where's his thumb?
1: It's going into her boot. <laughs> Pressure point.
0: Yeah.
2: He's trying to knock her
1: out. He's <laughs> copping a feel. Pleasures are few and far between in 2013.
0: He That's just right. looks
2: like a velociraptor. He <laughs> does. Yes. He has two fingers.
1: Yeah. And we get our first mm-hmm. appearance of Rachel. This is this is, her first appearance yep. ever? This okay. is her first appearance ever. Well, there you go. That's she looks a lot like, not to be confused with, a Ron a Rain Sinclair, who's Wolfsbane. Yeah. Like yeah. She, she With like his her. short red hair. Right. I
2: like the little uh, conscious scene. Yeah, where, where she goes back cool. in time.
1: It looks really cool. I like the coloring and all She's that jazz.
2: backwards. Yep. Catherine Pride Resputin. <laughs> I give her full name.
1: KPR. KPR. <laughs> I yep. like that. So the danger room scene is pretty typical danger room. It's, it's good typical art. Typical danger room. Good art, good action. Yep.
0: Nine Crawlers uh, sporting a Magnum PI stash.
2: Yeah, it doesn't look like that. That's funny. <laughs> I wonder if that's supposed to be a mustache or just a shadow. I think
1: it's just a shadow.
0: I don't know. There's other parts where it looks like I like it, it better like as a mustache. It, yeah. yeah. I say we just vote it's a mustache. Right, I'll go
2: with that. Mustache and a little fancy goatee. I'll go yeah. with that. I do like this scene where Kitty Pride so then they, they send her into the... So she goes in there herself to actually do the danger room. Right. And it just turns... Not invisible, what's what are the intangible shit? basically intangible and then nothing bothers her? <laughs> I think that was a really funny scene. And then they they all, X Men, also found it really funny and like, oh yeah,
1: Wolverine's like trying to high five Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler will use them hanging, bastard. And then the coaches switch. So then we see the other side where Kate comes in, Kenny gets knocked out, and they uh, run some tests. We get a, a bunch of Wolverine mumbo jumbo, <laughs> all right? So let's uh
2: Wolverine. Yeah, I'm going to be Wolverine,
1: science. you mean Kenny Pride, you mean Nightcrawler. Okay. So we're running tests. I read comparisons between these and the ones in Kenny's metafile. The basic pattern is the same, but these are more complex. <coughs> Bullshit. Maybe Charlie or Moira and Taggart can puzzle it out. This is sure way beyond me.
3: One
2: thing is for certain, something happened to Kitty. <laughs> but was it an attack, and if so, from whom? Or are we simply letting our imaginations run away with us?
0: And uh, who? Kurt?
2: Aha! Our Kleiner of is awake?
0: Kurt, it's you! You're really alive!
2: Of course I'm alive! What else would I be?
0: I'm in the metal lab. I'm in the mansion. In Westchester. Then I made it! Score!
2: <laughs> we keep going? Uh, no, it's Okay. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, and it ended well with the
1: score, I think. Yes, yeah, good Good place to scene right. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> yeah, so Wolverine's basically just pulling stuff out of his uh, hairy ass.
2: He <laughs> tried to clean it up.
1: Yeah, I couldn't do it. Uh, Wolverine says, Well, she smells like a woman. <laughs> But does she? Man, I feel like a woman. Oh, no. Yeah, in 2013, Shania Twain's really big.
2: She has a huge comeback toward 2013. Huge comeback
1: with Slayer. With Slayer.
0: So who opens for who? Uh,
1: No, she's in Slayer.
0: Oh.
1: (laughs) They just redo all
2: of her songs. Yes.
1: Oh, man. Who's been? Have your boots been I, can't wait, <laughs> I can't wait
3: for
0: this Are they mixing in with Wayne's World too?
2: Oh, she called you out on your air guitar. Oh, man. Your Cockfrock solo. Self-destruct
3: sequence
1: activated. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a little <coughs> trouble buying that the Sentinels are able to defeat everyone.
3: Wait.
2: The Sentinels (laughs) defeat everyone?
1: Yes. And they do it by drawing X's over their heads.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It's a magic marker. It's interesting.
2: Magic marker. (laughs) Right. It's interesting The magic marker of death. As many times as the Sentinels have showed up and been easily defeated by one one team or another... Right. ...that they would come back so powerful that they'd be able
1: to defeat not
2: just the X-Men, but... Everybody, yeah, with Fantastic
1: Four, Avengers, everyone. Also, a little disappointed that uh, some of these characters—it's the first time John Byrne's drawing them—and also get his little heads. Would have liked to have seen, you know, John Byrne's Daredevil in action. Might be pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I agree. And this uh, Ghost Rider at the bottom—what's that about? <laughs> That's awfully random. <laughs> How could he kill Ghost Rider? Isn't he already dead? The spirit of vengeance. Ghost Rider is from hell he's already dead he is a demon that comes to earth yes. how can the sentinels kill him Blocked they removed his, his
0: head from his body <laughs>
1: holy water squirt gun
2: <laughs> they popped his bike tires and he can't come yes yeah his tires, or, oh, those a tires fi- are fire oh, a
1: fire extinguisher <laughs> oh, the secret weakness of Ghost Rider he just
2: put his fire and he's like oh man yes.
1: they made him watch the Nick Cage movies oh he gave up he just gave up after <laughs> like, that oh forget it <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh man oh these panels of, of the X-Men in the future in 2013 fighting the Sentinels uh, what page is that actually on for uh, reference 19 uh, what 20, after that. 21 uh, 21 alright I thought those that was a really awesome page and I yeah. thought the art was particularly awesome and the colors and and we get a, a future cannonball special yeah I
2: like
1: that and a Wolverine cuts a Sentinel up and he goes squawk <laughs>
2: Why are his uh, blades seemingly, I mean, his claws seemingly electrified?
1: That's just the way John Byrne draws the claw pops. Yeah. He has been for a
2: while. Yeah, I guess
1: that's true. I'm kind of disappointed we didn't we did not get a snick there. Yeah, that's what it is. It would have been a good place for They're one already, to go.
2: I guess they were already out, maybe.
1: Maybe. Well, no, but that's why we get the electric action. Anyway, um, so they defeat the Sentinels or trick them so or whatever. So,
2: back, just backing up really quickly yeah. in more detail on this. So I thought a lot of this revolves around this 1980 election. Yes. The heated election they're talking about. Oh, they don't talk about the people that are actually in that election. But we have this... this um, re- Well, who was? Reagan and, and Carter. Okay. Ronald Reagan and Jimmy Carter. You remember those guys?
1: Yeah. So the I X-Men guess the, sure did. Jimmy Carter has been in the X-Men a lot. He has. That's right. He's been <laughs> in there.
2: So I assume... And Reagan will be... In the future, too. Probably,
1: yeah.
2: I'm assuming that the idea is that this guy, this Senator... He was Kelly, third party. Is a third party, or or maybe a... Well, no, primaries would have been over by now. Anyway, mm. so he's running, and this whole idea is that he's killed. So then whoever does get elected is irrelevant, because they try to pass a law... No, 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 no. Then a, an actual rabid anti-mutant guy gets elected in 84, then... Right. So we don't get any Reagan revolution, basically, is what we're getting here.
1: Oh, no trickle-down economics. So if Newt
2: Gingrich was here, he would say, this is what really happened in the future. No <laughs> Reaganomics. So the <laughs> Democrats won, and this is why we get this uh, this uh, post-apocalyptic world.
1: I just want to know, where is Barack Obamacare?
2: Well, that's is it. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Carter won in Barack. and the, the Sentinel shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: right.
2: This is the Obamacare right here. Yeah. Hey! So...
1: I have the flu. (laughs)
2: There
1: you go. I have a bad cold. (laughs) That's enough. (laughs) Yes.
2: Yes. Heart attack. All right. So anyway, the whole point of that was just that. So then then we have this rabid anti-mutant guy who then gets a Mutant Control Act passed. Supreme Court strikes it down but then apparently they pass it anyway. Well, they don't explain that, so I guess maybe they got a amendment or something. I
1: don't know, or the Sentinels just do it for okay? Or he
2: changed the Supreme Court. Or, yeah,
1: I guess they activate the Sentinels and kill everybody, so...
0: The Sentinels have taken over. The Sentinels, yeah,
1: they, they decide that the best way...
0: The Sentinels has, and the government, Right. right?
1: The Sentinels concluded that the best way to do that would be to take over the country. So once they're activated, they're like Frankenstein's monster. There's no stopping them.
2: So you're saying the Sentinels have taken over America, basically. Yes, yeah, and yeah, they're okay. in control. That was even my other question. Is, is it doesn't really go anywhere. What then happens to the government and everything? I guess all that is dissolved, effectively? Yeah, I, yeah, think I mean, it's basically, just... Basically,
0: the Sentinels were created to fix a problem, and yeah. then the Sentinels got... So big that their problem, they fixed it by taking over. Oh, yeah. It's almost right. like what's the Disney movie where the computer ship takes over?
2: Oh, uh, Wall-E.
1: Bring <laughs> yeah. the signals to Wall-E.
0: Well, the computer decides or the Matrix best way. Yeah. A yeah. Example.
2: Matrix, Matrix. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Although wall a great movie.
1: So Kenny would say Wall-E, and Kate would say Matrix. There you go. There you go. All right.
2: So then the idea here is that the mutants are in camps. Yes.
0: Right? Mutant camp.
2: M. Class M is in camp. Yeah. The group that has mutant DNA, are they in the camps too, or are they just they're
0: out classified. but not allowed to breed? They're out. Yeah,
1: they're not allowed to... to um, Make babies. Yes. To do the nasty. Well, maybe they got sterilized, so we um, don't know yeah, yeah if it's
2: illegal to copulate or just to produce. But. I don't know. So then all the regular humans, are they then just living as if not, normal? That's an interesting she question. She doesn't explain. Oh, for Are they okay with the Sentinels being in charge? I mean, obviously they cover all this in two issues, but <laughs> these are just questions that I have because it it's a, it's such an interesting story. I right. Think, that yeah. there's. I wish.
1: Well, it will be expanded upon later.
2: Yeah, they'll do a lot more with it later on. But just reading it for the first time now, immediately I have tons of questions, and I yes. want I want this to be like a ten issue arc, and so I can right. learn all about what's happening. I
1: I, I will say. Two issues for this seems very, very truncated.
2: It is. And, it, and when, and I, when about I was growing
1: point, up, I always thought it was longer.
2: It seems like it. I mean, you think about how important it is. Right. It seems like it would have to be, but it's not. Yeah. But it seems that way. And, and, you know, when we get to the next step issue, it, it does end very
3: abruptly.
1: Well, I do like, I remember I we mentioned a little while back, I don't remember exactly what issue... When we were doing the the Dark Phoenix stuff, that or right before it, I think Sebastian Shaw, uh-huh. we were planting the seed of anti-mutant legislation in uh, Senator Kelly's ear. Oh, that's after right. After the X Men attacked the Hellfire Club that's party, right. so we're kind of seeing the fruit of that. I forgot Senator and, Kelly was the same guy. Yeah, and we're finally kind of seeing. You know, it, a lot of times when people talk about comics or movies, it's a visual medium, so. Right. <laughs> The thing is, show me, don't tell me. That's kind of like a phrase you hear a lot, like yeah. with plot points. If I don't don't have a lot of exposition. I can see it, so show it to me. So we actually kind of start seeing this anti mutant sentiment that they've been talking about. Now we're actually kind of seeing it play out. So I thought yep. that was really cool. All right. So we also in our our new brotherhood in the present, we have a lot of new characters. Of course, Blob has been around for a long time. Yeah. Mystique well, has original Brotherhood. Mystique has appeared over in Ms. Marvel.
2: Is this her first time in the X-Men?
1: This is their first time to show up in the x book. yeah. Hmm. But not her first appearance. But, yeah. Avalanche, Pyro, and Destiny, this is all their first appearance. Oh, wow. So, we I have four...
2: They were all brand, brand, brand. Yeah,
1: ban, brand spanking new. Uh, so, what do we think of this Brotherhood? Just kind of right off the bat.
0: I think it's interesting that all these guys are willing to follow a girl. Because they're their personalities don't seem as if they would be willing to follow a girl.
2: Blob very quickly makes it apparent that he doesn't want to follow a girl. Right. But does regardless. <laughs> but I I I think it's kind of a lame brotherhood. Yeah. To be honest, I mean.
1: Well, we got uh, Avalanche, who uh, is uh, Roger Daltrey. <laughs>
2: Avalanche is weird.
1: I think I'm sorry, Pyro. Pyro is Roger Daltrey. I mess, oh yeah yeah. That I messed that joke up. That makes up. a lot more <laughs> sense.
2: Pyro. So we'll talk about Pyro then. Pyro. I, I think the the idea that he makes fire monsters is strange.
1: I kind of like it. Yeah. I don't so, like Avalanche very much. I'm well, not a big like Avalanche, Avalanche
2: fan. I, I like I like Pyro more than Avalanche. If pyro he can
1: just like be an earthquake guy, which yeah. he's kind of what he devolves into, I actually kind of like that better. Yeah. But this whole I can change the mass of everything and that's how my power works not that cool
2: disintegrating yeah it, it doesn't yeah. That's, that's, not what, that's not what an avalanche is <laughs> no he's definitely poorly named it's like he's called avalanche So to me right. it's like he should do avalanches so yeah. like you said earthquakes make things yeah. fall
1: yeah so what do you think about um, Beyonce's mom <laughs>
2: <laughs> aside from the bizarre haircut
1: well she just has an old lady haircut she has a she's got a bun yeah
0: it's Norman's mother.
1: Norman. Oh, Norman Mrs. Bates. Bates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From, and how she is in the movie. <laughs> this is this is the cadaver.
3: But
2: yeah,
1: okay. her name is Destiny. So Destiny's child in case you're still trying to scratch your head on that <laughs> reference.
2: Quant, want, want. <laughs> yeah, um she yeah, and that's she's a weird character. We, we've talked before about our disdain for precogs and
1: Actually, the I like is- the way they use her later when we have the Destiny <gasps>
2: Diaries. I was actually going to say, though, that as far as precogs go, yeah. I like that she seems confused the whole time. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I, I can't quite see it anymore. Or something has happened and it's no longer Right, clear. right, right.
1: Well, yeah, like she can't see Kitty, yeah. which is strange.
2: Which to me, I think, makes more sense than the precog just right. knows what's going to happen.
1: So I like how the news camera guys... Talk about how they have to tell Lois yeah, to get I an interview. Like, like okay, is that Lois Wayne? Yeah. Star reporter for the Daily Planet at oh. the Distinguished Competition, as we used to call DC back in the 80s. <laughs>
2: Speaking of that, did you also notice when they did the fastball special? Um, oh, wow. Colossus, just quickly. Colossus says, as Nightcrawler used to say, up, up, and away. Oh yeah, oh, there's that really a couple
1: of Superman references in here. Yeah. This yeah, is John yeah. Byrne uh, auditioning for when he does Man of Steel <laughs> yeah. in a few years. Yeah.
2: He's like, I'm tired of X-Men. <laughs> he starts plugging the. I'm sure he never got tired of X-Men.
1: I don't know. We'll, we'll discuss that in a little bit. Uh-oh. <laughs> I do hate Destiny's costume.
0: What's up with the mask?
1: Yeah. I don't know. And I don't, the it Makes and you look like an alien. And avalanche looks like... Uh, remember that show Cops? He's Robocop. Cops. No, what was it called? It was a cartoon. It's back when Robocop was really popular. And it was kind of, I don't know if it was a spin-off or not. Yeah. But it not had a bunch of like future like super mecha cop guys. <laughs> that sounds familiar. I think it was cops with periods between every letter. Oh, that sounds but familiar. But I'm not sure. Anyway. But he yeah. avalanche looks like one of those guys. And Pyro looks horrible. He looks very bizarre.
2: <laughs> he looks like a David Bowie costume guy.
1: Yeah! Not not John Byrne's best design. But, um. <laughs> and
2: then the blob in his wrestling suit. <laughs> he always likes to wear his wrestling suit. His wrestling suit.
1: Yeah. He's Andre the Giant. <laughs> we get our, our last line from Wolverine. He says, that's right, that's so, we're better. That's right. Love that line. One of the best lines in... Yeah. X-Men history. Yeah, and they are better. So they are. All right, cool. Well, anything else on this one?
2: Nope. Nope. All
1: right. Well, we're gonna rate Uncanny X-Men 141, the first part of Days of Future Past. Denise.
2: Ladies first.
1: <laughs> Ladies first. Well. In 2013, Chivalry will not die.
0: Awesome. 2014, bad movie probably will. <laughs>
1: That's, there need to be more futuristic, romantic comedies. Yeah.
0: What? You didn't like... What was that stupid movie where they put a letter in the mailbox and then...
1: He, I think that, that's the, the best kind of movie where you can combine... no. What? Wait, what are you talking about?
0: There's a movie. With and, Keanu Reeves yeah. and Sandra Bullock. And she writes a letter. I, mean, I guess the, he's in the past. The Beach House or something? Yeah. And and she was in a Beach House? One of them's in the past. One of them's in the future. Yeah. So they beach House a is a
1: really cool band. This movie sounds horrible. <laughs> It's not terrible, but it's not oh, good. okay. I don't know. If, if Ryan Goswin's not in it, I don't want to see it. <laughs> okay, Your
0: lookalike. <laughs> All, right. All right.
1: What are you going to grade it, Denise? Come on. It's time It's time to grade.
0: I'm going to give it five out of six. Okay. Just because Nightcrawler's porn stash. <laughs> I was okay. literally
1: about to say,
2: because of Nightcrawler's porn stash. I looked at that right then. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no i like how they kind of intermingled some old historical facts to kind of give the viewer that sense of what's going on some
1: kind of faux history but at least they i like how they create the worlds yeah they build there's a lot of world building yeah all right cameron what are you gonna give it
2: i'm gonna give it six out of six all right i think this is fantastic i'm gonna agree with you six out of six claws for me um it's an amazing story. It I only, love up. setup.
1: only adds to my shame that I never read it before. I know, right? It's, Is, it's
2: just so... It, you can tell from the... Well, I'm, I'm being a little teleological, but I'm going to say from the I'm beginning... I'm what? Teleological, you look back and you read history from the present.
1: Oh, uh, okay.
2: Anyway. Was, thought, uh,
0: Don't give him new words. He'll throw that at isn't me. Isn't
1: that away. just called history?
2: No, telescope. Like <laughs> I look at the history and I say, that's an important event. And I, I could say that because of the way things happen <laughs> right. in the future.
3: Okay.
0: You know in yeah. a week he's going to try and squeeze that in somewhere.
3: Yeah,
2: you can. You can interpret things from the way, what was important at the time versus right. why things matter now. Anyway, the point is, what I was trying to say is, <laughs> I feel like you that I can tell from the beginning that this is going to be really important. Right. That this is going to make some yeah. major changes. It, in it does
1: feel history. very important right off it the does. bat. Yeah. There you go. So. It feels very important. Is epic,
2: epic, epic. an epic fail. Winning, winning.
1: That's right. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's uh, let's uh, go to the, uh, the man, much the too f- the much too <laughs> fast conclusion to this story. Yeah. All right, here we go. Okay, so next up we have the conclusion to a Future Past. I'm Kenny X-Men. <laughs> One forty-two.
0: And this is a uh, writer, co plotters penciler Chris Claremont and John.
1: Burn. I literally burn. just told you that. Burn.
2: <laughs> burn on Burn's name.
0: Anchor uh, is Terry and I'm Austin. i <laughs> Remember
2: that one time when We're Terry Austin burn. got a co-plotter? <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. He's been That's shut that, out. I don't know why I thought of that, but it's just funny that one comic out of all these runs, Terry Austin got a co-plotter. Right. Credit and since then I I still he still has that on his. I'm still so convinced it was at one point he just walked in the room and was like, "Hey, you guys should do this." <laughs> I assume they were all high and he was right. like, "What if we did this?" Match. Jason and Denise's dog is assaulting me. Yes, this <laughs> podcast is getting derailed. All right, here we
1: go. Uh, you want uh, to be famous? Clint
0: wine is that how you pronounce yep. his name? Is the her. colorist her? Is the colorist? Tom Orgachowski is the letterer. Close okay. So this cover has a ginormous sentinel. It's
1: by uh, Terry Austin, by the way, by himself.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: He did one of the covers when Arcade was in the book. Yeah. It was very much John Byrne Light. <laughs> Yeah. I actually always thought this was John Byrne, but yeah. it's not. It's it's Terry Austin going solo. And another though, iconic cover.
2: The Sentinel looks very burnish, but if the Wolverine to me looks different. You think so? It looks a little more gritty looking than, than a lot of Byrne stuff. Yeah.
1: Right, so basically, we have a Sentinel holding a very storm. stiff storm. Yeah, that's the how you know it's not John storm. Byrne. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It does. She's got a. She's got a stick through. Yeah. It's a storm popsicle. It's
0: storm on a, a storm sickle.
1: Oh, yeah. Foreshadowing. Yeah. And then um, he's blasting Wolverine in a very, very iconic yeah. pose that will also be repeated often.
0: I love on the cover it says, this issue, everybody dies.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like horror, old school horror yeah. movie script. 50s, 50s yeah.
2: style pulp yeah. horror movie fashion.
1: All right, so other than Storm being super stiff, maybe Rigor Mortis has already said in. Maybe that's what's going on.
2: Sentinel's been holding her for
3: two
1: days. days. <laughs>
0: yeah. It reminds me of uh, Bugs Bunny and the Abominable Snowman. I want to love you and hold you. All <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, well, other
1: than that, what do we think of this cover?
0: I'm not overly fond of how Wolverine's colored because um, he kind of looks like a clown.
1: Oh, I really like it. Uh,
0: it looks better on that side. Cover this one, he just looks clowny.
2: Oh, yeah, that's because the way the face, yeah, on that print, but yeah, in this they, the
1: white is whiter on the reprint.
2: I think on here it looks better too. Yeah, that looks
1: like a skull on yours. Yeah, this looks almost Punisher ish on the computer. Yeah, you get a little backlit action. That's very uh foreboding.
2: Yeah, I, I like it. I like. Well, I really like the Wolverine.
1: I like everything except for Storm.
2: Storm looks too stiff. And even the Sentinel, I think, looks a little more cartoonish.
1: It looks like the Scooby-Doo thing. Yeah. And yeah, in the well, intro, it, is Scooby-Doo that chases him through the cotton candy. Yeah. It looks like the
2: Sentinels in the the uh, 90s cartoon, the X-Men cartoon. Yeah. It looks yeah. a lot like the way they did those, which is not bad necessarily. But it's a little bit more cartoony than right. I prefer in my actual comics. But the Wolverine, I think, I, I think that looks really awesome. Yeah, I do like too. the way he's being basically obliterated by this sentinel. All
1: right, so what happens in this comic? So well, Denise is wrong. Give, it
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> give us the skinny.
0: So after a brief introduction of who all the villains are, Senator... <laughs> <laughs> been
1: for
2: for, this, for the final issue of this two-issue arc, they spend a lot of time recapping what happened. Good. Well,
1: that's, that's Claremont Byrne's style right Was there, there.
2: A, a gap, time
1: gap between these two? I don't think so.
2: Because it almost kind of felt like there a was month like, or two had passed. Yeah, in. like they had just missed a month, a couple of months, and it was like a no.
1: There still was the a confrontation in the in DC. No, I mean, I mean release the, dates.
2: Yeah, release dates between the two comics. I mean,
1: no, uh, it's just a month.
2: Because it feels like they oh they slipped behind. and This was like four months later. So like oh we better remind everybody what happened in the last issue.
1: <laughs> no, that's just the Claremont way. Yeah.
0: So, uh, Senator Kelly points fingers, literally. Literally. (laughs) A fight ensues. Nightcrawler thinks he has avalanche, but destiny helps him out. Colossus fights Pyro. Storm stops Wolverine from killing Pyro. Pride and Angel go looking for Senator Kelly. Professor X and Moira seek shelter from a cop, but oops, it's Mystique. The fight moves outside. Take it outside, boys. Take it outside. (laughs) Uh, where there is now army and more mayhem and destruction. But never fear, because Pride saves the day by saving Senator from Destiny's crossbow. How walking dead can we get? (laughs) Pride is then teleported back to her time. She doesn't know if she's altered the future, and her friends have been attacked by sentinels and are all dead. Poor X-Men. The question remains, did she change the past or just alter how it started.
2: Very deep.
1: There's kind of two theories on fictional time travel.
2: Mm, let's get into it.
1: <laughs> let's go
2: deep. That sounded sarcastic, but I didn't mean it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you made it all
2: dirty. <laughs> there are
1: theories that every time travel just creates like a different branch. Butterfly effect? No, like, thing. so I, I even if, if Kitty changes stuff, it will either, A, just make another timeline, yeah. so one timeline still exists, and everybody dies in that timeline, but the other timeline is the one we stay on because of the change. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or, there's a theory that she there's only one timeline, and she actually changes it, yeah. so the other timeline kind of gets erased. Yeah. So, <coughs> who has what preference?
0: I prefer the preference where they change and the other future just disappears.
2: I think the idea that there is a there is one. Well, see, I think because we got because we think about Bishop. Once we get into the 90s, it's going to be clear that there are multiple timelines happening. Yes, because you get Cable and Bishop and you all these guys who are coming back and forth. So <laughs> right. I, I I think my preference in real life is that there is one actualized timeline. So the Back to the there Future are lots style. Of possibilities. Yeah, there right. you go. But there's still lots of possible timelines that are ricocheting out. See, the, I guess uh,
0: I kind of believe the sliding doors. doors theory. Y'all ever see the movie Sliding Doors? No. Okay. I think so. so, nutshell. Mrs.
1: Coldplay, isn't there?
0: Yes. Yeah. So, nutshell. Gwyneth Paltrow. During the movie, there are two different timelines that take place.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: One
0: where she misses a train, and one where she makes it onto the train. Oh, I
2: heard it. I heard about that.
0: And so, the one where she misses the train, she gets. Home right after her boyfriend, husband, whatever, his mistress leaves. Mm. So she lives her life not knowing that he has a mistress. Then there's one where she makes the train, comes home, and sees him in bed with another woman. And so basically it's how these two stories kind of simultaneously move forward. But what's interesting is, is in the end, the same thing basically happens. So it doesn't matter which path you're on, there's a certain
1: future. So, that movie is all about fatalism. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's a pretty terrible message. No matter what you do, you're all going
0: to
2: die. Right. That's nihilism at its best.
1: Nihilism? Why'd you have to pee on the rug, man? <laughs> we are nihilists. Uh, the dude abides. Good
2: stuff. But yeah, I think that the um, yeah, so I, yeah, the preference of that there is one actualized timeline, like you said, there's lots of yeah. alternate theories and.
1: Well, this story doesn't an actually the answer the question; line. it merely poses the question. Uh, like any good story. Yes, so I think page one is awesome. Basically, we have Kitty outlined in white, and then we have both timelines on either side of her. We have the present yeah. day where the X Men are facing off against the New Brotherhood. And we have the 2013 future where the Sentinels are uh, hunting down the X Men. That's always a really cool film. Yeah, it is a cool film. Oh, this, this chapter is called Mind Out of Time, by the way. I also really enjoyed the art on pages two and three where we get everyone doing the John Byrne crouch. <laughs> yeah.
2: I like how, in, in, on the first page, it's not as clear, but if you'll notice, Colossus, future Colossus, his white hair turns silver. With his, oh yeah, body. With his
1: metal, but the black, but his black doesn't. Black hair stays black. Interesting. So his Reed
2: Richards. How come in comics people's hair always goes gray, like solid gray, over their temples? I don't know. I think that's an interesting thing. Yeah. I do
0: like how uh, to promote action. We have a very, uh, I guess, the storyline grid. It's very choppy, and yeah. your eye yeah. darts around, and it helps with that feeling of mayhem that yeah. everything's just going crazy
1: yeah i really like nightcrawler we've talked about this before where he teleports to punch Mm-hmm. Yeah. but then i, like I also that. like how destiny messes it up he's like avalanche to your left and avalanche is like boom and hits him right as he teleports in yeah oh, that was really cool
2: that was cool good use of a precog's powers yes, yes. the flame um, hand is weird that's a gripping colossus it kind of
1: looks like the phoenix talons It's weird because that's not
2: how fire works. This is why I didn't like the fire monster idea, which is... Well, it's not how fireplace fire works. No, but the idea that the fire has... It's not just burning. It has a...
0: It's like a corporeal... Yeah,
2: it's like a physical form. It's grabbing him, and it's exerting pressure on him, which to me, that's not fire. He's creating some other kind of matter, basically, that's doing something, rather than just controlling fire, which is what it says
0: he does. And I... My question is... And it's just because I don't know a lot about Pyro. I thought Pyro create like that was part of his power was that he could create it, and yeah. and
2: that's his major limitation. Yeah, is that he can't. That's why he's got to carry the tank because he, he can only manipulate actual fire, so he can make it a lot bigger and a lot smaller and do lots of stuff with but it. But
0: he can't physically. He create can't physically create it. So he's not the reverse of of Iceman.
1: Mm, yes, he's not. Yeah,
2: which I've always
1: thought he should be. Well, that's I'm what like, Firestar is. Yeah, mm, that's true. With her equally lame costume. <laughs>
2: yeah, but I think Pyro is a better character than Firestar. So I always kind of wished he would be like the, the opposite. I was yeah. that was kind of a cool yeah. idea. The nemesis. Or also the Human Torch and the Human Torch. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so he can't create the fire, but how he's able to create this fire that now has a mass, I think doesn't make sense to me. But
1: yeah, I I like see, how uh, he
2: does not agree with this. He's.
1: I think Pyro looks stupid, but I think he's. He's all right.
2: You like the fire hand.
1: Oh, that was kind of cool. You're yeah.
2: wishing a fire hand would grab you right now.
1: <laughs> Maybe not me, but you. <laughs>
2: Pull me out of your house.
1: All right. I like how Storm is able to multitask with her powers. We haven't seen a whole lot of that yet.
2: Yeah, that's true. All right. And she stops. We should say something about why she stops Wolverine. Because this is the panel where Wolverine is about. Although Wolverine, I think, was going to punch a hole in the fuel tank, which I guess the idea was it would blow pyro up, pyro yeah. up. Um And Storm stops him because she doesn't want him to kill Pyro, basically for public relations. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she recognizes what's happening here. Yeah, well, that's why she's a new leader. That's why she's a new leader. Yeah. She recognizes that
1: <laughs> all, <laughs> of this, <laughs> all
2: of this is tied to the public's fear of mutants, and so she right. doesn't want a mutant scene killing a bad guy. Although, I don't know. But.
0: Well, I think it's the idea that they're gonna say mutants are violent. See, they just killed each other. Yeah, that's true. And so it's her way of saying, no, we didn't kill anybody. Like we're trying to bring them to justice. Yeah,
2: they're the good guys. We're clearly we're the good guys because we don't yeah. kill people. Right. And if he if he'd blown if he had clawed into the tanks, it probably would have blew the whole building up. Yeah. And then we'd have the whole innocent awesome people
1: die. Over. Right. Yeah. I like how Wolverine just sits on top of the tornado. <laughs> it looks like he's
2: lifting him up.
0: Well, right. and what I so what I think is funny is the only time we ever know that we're inside a building is in the very first. <laughs> 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 Otherwise, the background is completely ambiguous.
2: Right. Yeah. They do eventually. She says, "I need more space." Right. And they go outside. And they go outside. But yeah, you can't you can't tell the difference because it looks like they're outside the whole time.
1: Yeah. So as X Men fans, not not a reader of Miss Marvel. This is the first time we see Mystique's power in action. What do we What do we think of it?
0: I actually like how they drew it.
1: I do too. Yeah, me too. Okay, no descent there. That's All boring. Right, her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although her little golf ball gas thing is weird. Or what? The golf ball. Yeah,
2: where she drops the, whatever that gas it's is. It's like
0: she squeezes it. Here, take that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird.
1: So we get another synopsis of how. Kitty did what she did. So somehow they were able to break the inhibitor collars.
0: Yeah,
2: well it they got them that, off. Yeah. Once they, it that was, little tool he had, right?
0: Yeah, because the the tool basically.
1: What tool? I don't the, remember. In the very first issue.
0: <laughs> I
1: just
3: pointed
2: it,
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> in the very first issue.
1: Great for audio, by the way. Thank yeah. You.
0: <laughs> Podcast listeners
1: love physical comedy. That's right.
0: Gives Kitty this little thing, and when they get back to the lab, they put it in the inhibitor. This is, as you know, these inhibitor collars oh, right. neutralize oh, okay. their superpowers. Oh, I so it jams it, so then they can use their superpowers to rip them off.
1: Right. So Storm flies and fries the Sentinel. Nice. Then they go into some secret elevators. And then um, we go back to the present where Wolverine is surfing a rock.
2: Yeah. And uh, Blob is throwing a big tantrum. A lot of good action. Yeah, a lot of really good good action.
0: Now the part I didn't understand and I'm kind of jumping far ahead is everyone's complaining that the Blob is like porridge. Like you can't punch him because he's so... um, Blobby. Yeah, but yet they take a giant steel girder and flip him up in the air so and then he hits him
1: or because you can't him. move him it's not that he's heavy though he is but it's that you can't he's an immovable force so if they lift the ground that he's on that's an old blob trick to he's also the
2: he mentions also in there that he's training himself to manipulate his mass yes so he can make his body denser, denser. and I guess lighter right which has to do with Okay, him.
0: but if, if you were the blob, wouldn't you notice the steel girder being shoved between your legs?
3: <laughs> well
1: No, I was used to it. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I always have a steel girder between my legs.
0: Is that how you go to bed at night? <laughs> That's what we call it.
1: Well we're totally bypassing the part where Wolverine goes in the secret elevator <laughs> and his passcode is to pee on it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that.
1: So on page 11, <laughs> Wolverine uh, needs to get in a secret elevator, and he pees on the control panel. <laughs> I actually think he's shooting a signal from his belt buckle, but... It's pee. You can't tell me that's not pee. Uh, well, it is awfully
2: straight for it to be pee, though. Well,
1: if you had a metal <laughs> skeleton, wouldn't you pee me straight? <laughs> It's a good point. I don't know. Does Wolverine have I don't adamantium know. erections? Oh
0: my goodness! There's <laughs> no, no bone thing. in there.
2: Although, is his cartilage also? No, it's not. Adamantium? No, it's no not. So
1: that doesn't work.
2: But we could go with but that.
1: Either doesn't really. Either just calling it a boner. <laughs> but,
2: you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He says the electric eye beam in his belt buckle. Yeah,
1: whatever. <laughs> Call it what you want. He's peeing. I liked the uh, onomatopoeia on page 14 where a Colossus gets whammoed out of the building. Yeah. It, like it looked cool. I like what John Byrne does onomatopoeia.
3: Yeah.
0: Why do the army guys shoot penis? <laughs> I know. This is future tank. So <laughs> this
1: gonorrhea, the penis is about fire <laughs> <Yeah>. there.
2: <laughs> are, all the weapons in the tank are it's very, got, very fallible. It has
1: a head. It's got a little ball sack.
2: <laughs> I like that the... The tank fires concussion cannon. Yes. Like instead of a bullet, I guess. Yes. Or a shell.
1: I said this guy, this military guy is Major Metallica. It says, kill them all. And contrary to Cameron's beliefs, I think this is a cool looking fire monster.
3: I didn't and say
2: it's, it's not a cool fire monster. The problem <laughs> is the physical makeup of the fire.
1: Maybe it's mystical fire. Maybe. So we find out that Wolverine has a healing factor and a fireproof costume. There you Ooh. go. Yeah. Well, I like the way that it burns him and it, he really hurts. So we have a healing factor, but we're definitely establishing that he still really gets injured and really if he, hurt.
0: If he gets burned, why does he have so much hair still on his arms? Wouldn't that all be singed off?
1: It grew back. Adamantium here. <laughs> it's not Superman, where sometimes you can, can't cut his hair and other times you can. <laughs> yeah. We do get a really cool snicked and of course I don't think Denise mentioned this. Uh Mystique turns into Nightcrawler. Yeah. And Wolverine is still yeah, reeling still from being out. burned. He's woozy from the fire. So he can't he can't tell him apart. And so Storm says, Wolverine she's your claws. And we get a really cool snack. I'm as Wolverine, yeah, pulls his claws back in.
2: A stick snack. I think that... It's interesting that he's all burnt up, but you can't tell. Except nope. there's smoke coming off of him.
1: Again, head. show me, don't tell me.
2: Right. But, you know, he if is, that happened in the 90s or well, 2000s, yeah. he would be like a well, it
1: happened in the 90s. He'd be really gross. Right. have lots of burned flesh. And I'm nowadays, all, yeah.
2: Then they'd bring him back in a couple of panels. Right. But, yeah, I thought it was kind of funny that he's all burnt up, but his, nothing's bothered by him. Yeah, I like, too, that, that his... His solution to the Nightcrawler thing is, well, Nightcrawler will if if I stab them, Nightcrawler will be able to phase
1: <laughs> <laughs> to, to really teleport. Right. Yeah,
2: even though they're fighting each other and distracted, and Wolverine's really fast. Yeah, well, the idea is that I'm just going to stab both of these guys, and we'll see which we'll, one we'll gets We'll try out of the way. to, yeah, yeah.
1: Now you would think Nightcrawler would just teleport away from his attacker, anyway.
2: Well, just, if anything, yeah. just to say, hey, I'm the one. But
1: he wanted to hang around because on the next page, page 18, we get some Nightcrawler on Nightcrawler porno action.
2: Heck
1: yeah. <laughs> if those two Nightcrawlers aren't doing it, I don't know what John Byrne drew. <laughs> I do really like this panel of Wolverine crouching. Yeah. It looks really cool that is cool and we actually get good teamwork with the whole blob I know Denise made fun of the blob thing but the whole Wolverine uses this unbreakable skeleton to be the lever or not the lever but um, the fulcrum which Claremont very <laughs> proud of himself for sticking that word yeah. in the script But Wolverine uses his adamantium skeleton so Colossus can bend the the big giant steel beam on his back throws the blob in the air. And then Colossus punches him out of the air onto Avalanche. Thought that was really cool. And I really like this panel of Stormlight opening her cape and raining out from under her. That looks awesome.
2: That is, that is an awesome panel. And uh, Nightcrawler hitting himself in the face. Yeah. The next panel. You Although I don't... Literally I don't decapitating like, yeah. himself.
1: Yeah. So I didn't realize we got a Mystique Nightcrawler connection this early. Where it says, says the uh, being blue. Well, not only that, but Mystique says, "Could it be Kurt Wagner that you are not so unique as you once thought?" And Nightcrawler says, "You, you know my name. Who are you?" And she goes, "Ask your mother." So I mean, that, that's Lord pretty. Dali.
2: Sardos. Yeah. Sardos.
1: <laughs> not to be confused with Zardoz, the bad Sean Connery movie.
0: <laughs> so they're half.
1: Siblings? Huh? No, 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 no,
2: she just knows her mother somehow. Oh, no, uh,
1: Mystique is she is eventually, yeah. Oh, I
2: forgot. Spoiler alert S- major spoiler alert. I yeah. completely forgot about that. The transforming thing is kind of cool where she's half, and then she, and then the minute later, it has her again as she's turning into someone else,
1: right? Just a common citizen to escape. So then we go to where everybody dies as they try a. Fastball special again in the future and we get a wolverine barbecue by the sentinel kind of mimicking the cover yeah and i'll say john burns version looks a little bit cooler that i don't like the coloring as much no Denise, i guess would probably like it better
2: <laughs> i would say that this is more far more graphic than we typically get yes that was an interesting yeah
1: it really is um I interesting to point out at this point in the game we have a really good healing factor, but Wolverine can die. Yeah. So, And we see his all adamantium skeleton. thought that was cool. I
2: thought that was cool, too. But yeah, because in the future, he'll get burned a bunch of times yeah. down to the skeleton. And yeah, but as rigid. long as
1: there's one cell, he can come back. Okay.
2: Remember that time when he flew into the sun? Yeah.
0: Good <laughs> you know, old Grant like Morrison. A robot.
1: It was, it was a lot like the Terminator skeleton. It was does, the Terminator yeah. out yet? That was my uh, 80, 84, no, so. right? Yeah, yeah, that was later. Okay.
2: We get a good Colossus with his white, silver hair again. Yeah. Silver Fox.
1: Silver Fox. I really yeah. like this uh, panel of Storm getting speared. Yeah,
2: that's a good... A I guess visit. from
1: the Sentinel's finger? Is that where it comes
0: from?
2: It looks yes. like it shoots out of his palm or his finger or something. It shoots yeah.
0: out of his middle finger. Yeah. Then we find the out something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Sentinel literally gave Storm the finger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Colossus punches a sentinel out the window. And, you know, we've been wondering, Cameron, I think, Denny's also, we, we've talked about this in various times, but Metal Colossus can cry after all. Aww. He
0: doesn't rest. He doesn't <laughs> rest.
1: <laughs> the tin man. <laughs> um, I like the art of Kenny partially phasing. We're back in the present with uh, Destiny's crossbow. and Where Senator Kelly says he's going to stand his ground. He will not run. So I have a question that actually of all the things that kind of do get wrapped up and addressed later, I don't recall if this ever does. So Professor X talks about how he can read the mind of future Kitty. Er, that he can sense future Kitty's consciousness in present Kitty. Right. Okay. And then he tells her, oh, he, he tells the X-Men she comes from this horrible future. Right. So, can he see all the details of that future through that consciousness? So, does he literally, does he know the future through Kenny? I don't know. It seems like he sh-
2: would. Right. Although, maybe he wouldn't have time to get all that information. Yeah.
0: I wonder if he's just sensing that she's lived a hard life. Because
2: it's not like, although some, they do this differently from time to time, but it's not like... Usually, Professor Xavier. It's not like he downloads all their memories quickly and then can sift through them later. Right. It's like he sees stuff in real time. Although sometimes he gets a lot of information in a really short period <laughs> yeah. of time.
1: They, they they're pretty fast and ways with So It's with hard to know
2: exactly, but
1: mind reading abilities. But I would
2: assume you're right in that he should have a lot of knowledge about it, even if maybe he doesn't know every detail. Right. But to know enough knowledge that he should be able to avoid avoid the future. I mean, just that alone it right. seems like.
0: So I do have a question. Up to this point, have they ever time traveled?
1: No. All right. So this is our first X-Men time travel story.
0: Because I love how Moira tells Xavier, Charles, if you're right, if time travel is possible as a result of history, basically they'll have to redefine our concept of reality itself. So I felt like she kind of said that as, hey, guess what? (laughs) We're going to do it again.
1: Right, but this is where we get the question. And there's a point where Professor X actually says, where he talks about what will be what. This is the well, town motel.
0: Moira says, we'll never be completely sure what is from one moment to the next that's frightening. And he says, perhaps.
1: Right, but he said, I thought there was actually a part where they actually like, talked about the time travel options. Right? I guess I did not make a note of that. No, oh, well, or maybe I'm just wrong. I thought there was... Yeah. I yep.
2: think you've made a huge mistake. <laughs> she does ask him what. Um...
1: Oh, when they, no, when they send her back, don't they talk about like will you erase our future or make another one? Isn't that what they?
2: She doesn't send her back. She just goes back.
0: Yeah.
1: No, Rachel sends her back.
0: No, right? remember?
2: Oh, oh, you're talking about in this Kate's body dies. Well, she just says if Kate's body's died here. She sends her back because the kitty never wakes up the whole time. Right. So then, right after the crossbow bolt is fired, they switch.
1: Right. Kitty is the same since they prevented the assassination that her future will be changed.
2: Well, we don't see Kate again, so we don't know. So we really have no idea about any of that. But basically, they say, I don't know.
1: I could have swore there was a part where they talked about, will this change our future or just make a new one?
2: Oh. Angel says, does that mean we change the future? And Charles says, I do not know, Warren. Cliché though it sounds, only time will tell. Okay. We're talking about, before that, it says, Professor, we saved Senator Killie. Kitty, Kitty's mind has been returned to her body. Right. Does that mean we change the future? Yeah. Basically, so The right young
1: now. Kitty, you brought up a good point, though, a second ago. When she was in her, when they made the swap, yeah. when they did the Freaky Friday... And she was in her future self. She never woke up. Right. So even though Professor X might know what her future is, she does not.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, all she remembers is being kissed. Yeah. So she said. Someone kissed her right before she woke up.
1: Oh.
0: I kissed myself. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: anyway, in the last page the epilogue is pretty awesome. We get Sebastian Shaw coming back. And we meet Henry Peter Gyrich. And he, even though they prevented the assassination, just the attempt was enough to get the ball rolling. And he's going to start Project wide awake.
2: Senator Kelly, because although they thought, oh, he was saved by mutants. Right. Maybe he'll then say, oh, okay, there's some good mutants or some bad mutants.
1: So I guess...
2: He says, if there were no mutants, period, my life wouldn't have been threatened at all. Right. So everything would be perfect if there were no mutants. Yep and in real life we know that's true because everything is perfect in our world
0: who's the guy blacked out
1: the president
2: ah but they don't want to reveal who that is because it's Obama because <laughs> they knew now
1: this is the present, so I guess it'd be Reagan right uh
2: yeah well or,
1: I guess it depends on when this is when. before
2: the yeah, this doesn't really say when this is so it yeah. could still be Carter or it's a Reagan yeah. in the future
1: let's wrap this up let's grade this issue and then talk about the story overall So, Denise, what are you going to grade Uncanny X-Men 142?
0: I'm going to give it 5 out of 6. Okay. I thought it was good. There were just a few things that were weird.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Cameron.
2: I'm still going to give it 6 out of 6, even though it ends too abruptly. Yes. And as we've already said, I have tons of questions, and I wanted them to flesh it out more. Right. But it's still such a good story, and the epilogue, it's just... It's really good, I think. So I'm to stick with 6 out of 6.
1: Yep. I'm also going to give it 6 out of 6 clause. So, um, Days of Future Past is, uh, Hallow ground in X-Men lore? Do you think these two issues lived up to the legend?
2: Just reading it here, it's hard to say,
1: because had
2: they never gone back to any of this, this would have been one weird random story.
1: I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. I think the future stuff is really cool and it is cool when they mess with it again but I think just the epilogue alone changes all our present stories for a long time. If we really get the government actively like becoming kind of a section of this anti-mutant and we really start to see all this kind of anti-mutant stuff that's been talked about going into action yeah. so even the present day part of this story has huge implications you not know, I, to mention the future part.
2: I changed my mind. Okay. I'm with you.
1: So I think I think this story is is truly as epic as it's remembered to be. I think it is too short, but it is kind of the crown jewel of the the Clermont Burn Run. I would I would just say I even like this overall. I can I I could have handled it being as long as or longer than, but I actually like this a little bit more than Dark Phoenix Saga. Yeah. Now I like them both a whole whole lot.
2: Obviously, they're both fantastic.
1: But. Yeah, I, I think I'm to this you. point, this may be one of the best X Men stories to come out to now. I think they they definitely raise the
2: raise the bar with this one.
1: Yeah. Any thoughts over there?
0: No, yeah, I kind of wish there was one more.
2: Yeah. 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 At could least have gone one with that more too. just to flesh it out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. I like the way it stopped. I just kind of felt like just one more.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's because it's very abrupt. I like, yeah. oh, okay, don't work.
1: <laughs> I could have handled <laughs> yeah. a little bit more intimidating New Brotherhood. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, it was all right. I mean, Mystique's, it's cool to draw her in finally to the X-Universe. Yeah. And away from Ms. Marvel. <laughs> really?
2: Well, and she'll be such an important character later. Yeah. And I think, so to go back to why I'm going to change my mind and agree with you, since that never happens. <laughs> no. <I'm> just kidding. It <laughs> happens all the time. But no, just to say that I think what this what this book does is it shows, one, like you said, the epilogue alone shows the participation of the government with the anti-mutant people. Right. And up to this point, that's a neutral position. Right? The government has never really been... I, they've kind of been on both sides, kind of in the middle, not really taking a position. Whereas this shows the underground version of the government, right? The backroom deals, the right. Iran-Contras, and all your kind of scandals we're going to get that they're worried about the mutant population and what the what the whole arc shows is what could happen which if i'm not mistaken they've never done that before they've never right. shown where would this go you know what what does well, it matter if the government gets worried about mutants? Yeah. Well,
1: this yeah i'm really curious if this obviously we have this kind of stuff all the time in comics now I'm really curious if anybody had done this in comics before them. Because I just, honestly, I just don't know. And if anybody, yeah. any listeners know the answer to that, I would love to hear. And I also want to say this, I think, kind of marks a tonal change in the X-Men. I gets a lot more serious.
2: Yeah.
1: Moving forward, at least, at least in my memory it does. We'll see as we actually go through them. The next comic In, in really the really... Yeah. No.
2: Show
1: that, but no, but it also it takes all the things that we historically look at the X Men as kind of symbolizing and representing this kind of as far as like civil rights and different oppressed groups and marginalization of of people. to the
2: Holocaust, we'll get yeah. a lot of that when they yeah. start to reveal. This
1: this story kind of takes all that and really fully realizes it. Yeah, I agree. With Which you. It, it, I think it was a valid point before this, right? That the X Men represented, you know, certain. You know, maybe minorities or whatever, but I think yeah. this really takes it and says, "Oh, it just really makes the mutants like an oppressed group." Yeah.
2: Well, it it raises the ante from a from a kind of a more local acceptance, kind of like you should be tolerant of your brother, kind of a message, to one of warnings against genocide and things right. like the Holocaust and this kind of more much heavier. Yeah,
1: or even even prejudice yeah or just At, kind of a smaller yeah, level s- systemic prejudice so I, I think it's a pretty important story for two little issues so yeah and I think it has a lasting I mean even our current episodes going back a couple of months to Battle on the Atom kind of draws from this future and of course we've talked about later there'll be Bishop and stuff like that yeah so I think I don't know I think it's definitely a groundwork or a groundbreaking story for X-Men continuity and um Yeah, I guess, I I feel like we can't really, I feel like this is so good, I don't know if we can even give it justice, (laughs) but uh, we did our best, so I hope you enjoyed it. Um,
2: It definitely makes me excited for the movie, to see what they do with it. I'm a little nervous about it, but yeah. I've been nervous the whole time. (laughs) I really liked, I saw, I went to the theater today and I saw a poster, have you seen the posters for it, the theater posters? No, I'm, are they Magneto. the same as
1: the magazine covers that have been out? I don't know.
2: Okay, it's Magneto's face, Magneto's face, and there's a red X over it. Oh yes, yes I have it, it. has, and, and in the inside the, red, the X yeah. is they changed the face. Inside the, the red part, it's the, right. the younger guy whose name I can't think of right yeah. now off the top of my head. But anyway, and in the other part, so
1: Fastminder.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. Okay, we're gonna move on. Before we leave, we're gonna hit a uh, bonus issue. Bonus. Uh, that's right. Issue. Well, I have both these guys here. We're going to talk about. Um, well, we will talk about it in just a second. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> okay. So last up, like I said, since I have uh, both both hosts here, and they've both done flashback episodes concerning this epic Claremont Burn Run, we're going to talk about Uncanny X Men 143, which will be John Byrne's last issue. Epic fail. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. So this is the Uncanny X-Men in Demon. Right. Demon. <laughs> it is written by where are the co- all right Chris Claremont and John Byrne with a whole writer, co-plotter, penciler. Terry Austin is the inker. Tom Orzechowski is the letterer, and Gwyneth Wine is the color or Ween is the colorist. The cover for John Byrne's last issue is done by Terry Austin. <laughs> there you go. So with all the awesome John Byrne covers we've had, he will not do his last issue. Isn't
2: yeah, that strange? <laughs> yeah.
1: On the cover is Merry Christmas X-Men. All right, so on this cover, we have a purple room outside of the Christmas tree with X present. And we have Kenny Pride with a flashlight. And she's being stalked by the alien from the Alien movie. Yeah. Pretty much.
2: A green version, yeah.
1: And it says, guess what just came down the chimney? Alien claws. It's not Santa. Get it, claws? Yeah, good one.
0: It's the heart demon. That's
1: never been done. (laughs) The heart demon. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds racist. game Pride is Jewish. (laughs) All right. So it's well, we get- the
2: winter solstice demon. How's that? Yes, there you go. I'm trying to claim its holiday back.
1: Right, right. All right, so we get a flashback of the Nagarai uh, battle from X-Men 96.
2: Are we going to talk about the cover or are you going to do that thing? We just did.
1: Oh. Oh, do you like it? Okay, Yeah, yes, I will ask. Do you like it?
2: No, it's a terrible cover. <laughs> it's not very good. Way Canine to go. God has a really tiny head, <laughs> like a bizarre face, very tough about Botox lips. Kenny
1: probably looks like an action figure.
2: She looks like an... She does look like a... Like she looks like, like she's figure. holding
0: half a pumpkin.
2: Yeah, the, the flashlight is making a very, it's a very bizarre way to draw a flashlight. It's like she just lit out one of those foam fire extinguishers. <laughs> a bunch of foam. Her
0: costume yeah. looks very diapery.
2: Diapery. It looks like she's wearing diapers. Yeah, so bust Terry Austin.
1: Yep. Total bust. So, of course, remember in that issue, X-Men 96, that the X-Men fought this demon dude and they sealed him up by blowing up this cairn. Yeah. Okay? Cameron, and that sealed it. obelisk?
2: Yeah. We debated that last time. Yes,
1: we did. <laughs> anyway, time passes and eventually one lonely little demon crawls out. Did they show that in the old one? Yeah, right? The, the time passed?
2: No, the the one demon crawling out. No.
1: Nope, we just show we thought the battle was over once okay. and for all. They be- I couldn't remember if there was
2: a foreshadowing of
1: yeah, they beat the demon. So then we get a scene of my first Christmas tree <laughs> with some newy newlyweds or newy dates. I don't remember, but they're out. They want to cut down their first Christmas tree to make their first Christmas together special. <laughs> they can't find a perfect tree, but their apartment's not that big, so they settle on a little one and it's perfect. The girls being sweet, the guys being horny. And they meet the Christmas demon.
2: Who then eats them.
1: Yes, who eats them for a Christmas snack. Santa wants cookies when he comes down the chimney. This guy wants people.
0: And your soul. Flesh. Yes. And soul.
1: Yes, that's true. He eats both. So we have Kitty training on Christmas Eve. Uh, We get a berserker over some mistletoe. The X-Men disperse after Logan tries to kill Kurt. And Professor X has to calm him down. Kitty lightens the mood by kissing Peter. And after they all leave, Scott, a.k.a. Cyclops, calls in from the road. Um, And he wants to work on Lee Forrester's boat. So I'm pretty sure it's a euphemism for something. (laughs) Kitty decides to work out in the danger room on her own. Always a great idea if you've ever ever been to the danger room. Um, Then there's an intruder. (gasps) It's a demon! Kitty runs. She gets clawed. She phased, but it still hurt, even though she was intangible. She leads it to the danger room, which she turns to 11. Then they find each other and the room. Kitty escapes to the blackbird. Demon follows it, or follows her, and she incinerates it with the afterburners. Some of the X-Men come home with surprise. A Hanukkah surprise, Kitty's parents. Kitty sheepishly confesses to Storm, who is proud of her. And this is Kitty's rite of passage.
0: Did no one notice that the house had a giant hole in it?
1: That's what she talks about. <coughs>
2: That's the confession. No yeah. one noticed before you know. <laughs> That happens at the X mansion. Yes. Holes in the wall. Yes. Hole yeah, in the, it, on the ceiling. It happens all the time. Yeah, all the time. Oh, Wolverine jumped out of the ceiling for a reason.
1: Yeah. I think page one's really awesome. Though I guess I forgot, And uh, going back to last issue, apparently Storm just gets stabbed through the chest all the time. But I do think this panel's really awesome art. It is pretty cool. They wrote that this couple oh, okay. had a had a really horrible first Christmas.
2: Yeah. It was a great like horror movie sequence.
1: Yes, it was. It was like what you right, see like in so. an eighties
2: horror movie. We got yeah. a young couple in love walking through the woods. Right. And then a monster eats them.
0: Well and she even kitty even states that this is a horror movie. If it's smart, it's gonna do this, this and this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really smart. And
1: yeah. do you like when the alien Demon kills the couple. That the coloring on that panel where he throws them in front of the full moon looks really cool. I also really like John Byrne again incorporating art into the title page. Yeah, looks really cool with the demon and the demon crawling down. Denise asked me earlier, "Why is Kenny Bones about working on Christmas Eve if she hates Christmas?" <laughs> I
0: didn't say she hates Christmas. <laughs> I, said, I know she doesn't celebrate Christmas. Right.
1: I th- they don't really explain why
2: Mariko is there. No, other than just
0: it's Christmas. Like oh, yeah, Christmas, she's
1: there to, to join Wolverine for Christmas. Eve. Yeah.
2: and also because they didn't, they had never, they had never spelled out that they're an item, an item. Yeah, there. this is this is where we find that out. Because the last time they saw I each mean, other, as far as the comic book showed us, is that they he told her his real name and that she left. Right. But now we know they're together, and then Kurt kind of hits on her, so Wolverine tries to murder him. Yes. <laughs> So, Colossus I think, tries to murder I think we
1: <laughs> should do a, a dramatic reading. Let's okay. do it. All right. I will be Wolverine. You be Mariko. Um, do I have to pronounce You the be Japanese? Nightcrawler. You be the uh, narrator.
0: Okay.
1: And you be also Colossus. And I'll be Professor X. So, you narrate. Ah, I'll test my accents out here.
0: Soon in the mansion foyer.
1: Prof, I'd like to introduce you to my own. Lady, Charles Xavier Mariko Yashida.
0: Kumban Waku! Blah blah Good evening, Professor. I'm pleased to meet you.
1: Wow. I apologize to every Asian listener and non listener on the planet.
2: <laughs> non listeners.
1: As am I, Miss Yashida. Mariko, good to. I think I lost my German accent.
2: <laughs> Long time no see, and you look as beautiful as ever. Ah, uh,
0: Nightcrawler's son.
1: Back off, elf. What do you think you're doing? Marco's my lady.
0: <laughs> Retractable animantium claws flash from the back of Wolverine's hands, and only Nightcrawler's ability to teleport saves him from some nasty wounds. Instantly reacting with the speed that... Blies? Blies, his massive form, Peter Rasputin, shifts to the armored form of Colossus, and... Let go of me, you, you
1: templated lummox,
2: Wolverine. what do you think you're doing? Kurt is our friend!
1: <laughs> Shouldn't it be, Kurt is friend?
3: <laughs>
2: He's an ape.
1: <laughs> I thought Russians didn't I have pronouns.
2: I to all the Russian listeners and non-listeners.
1: <laughs> I was pretty sure there's no pronouns in Russian. <laughs>
2: I believe that there are pronouns. I don't know, but it's in the text, so.
1: Wade, she's the class. <laughs> Kurt Mitt, no harm, as you know. That, this was an innocent Christmas greeting. Not some enemies attack.
2: <laughs> Why is Charles Xavier an old prospector?
1: <laughs> I was trying to make, that was his telepathic voice.
2: Kurt Mitt, no harm, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was going for Bane and I got Prospector. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah.
2: And scene. <laughs> and scene. Pretty good. Yeah. In spite of the racism.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're just sticking with the 80s. The that 80s true. thematic.
2: We're, we're true to people in the 80s. I
1: like, I like how Wolverine says um, he apologizes because Professor X calms him down telepathically. Yeah. He says, a killers instincts always have been, always will be. I thought, I hoped that could be changed. I was wrong. Come on, Mariko, let's go to the malt shop. Yeah. <laughs> because you know what? When your new boyfriend tries to kill his best friend for kissing you innocently, you should definitely keep that guy. Even,
2: yeah, definitely. Good keeper. And then Kitty Pride kisses Colossus, who then blushes.
1: She says, Merry Christmas, sexy.
2: And pulls on his uh,
1: collar.
2: collar.
1: Oh, God, I wish I had one. <laughs> like the wolf from the uh, Winnie Woodpecker cartoons? Yeah. <laughs> or no, Droopy. Ooh. <laughs> close enough that's what Nightcrawler says yeah <laughs>
2: so good times anyway Wolverine promise,
1: promises not to carve up Mariko on the date
2: yeah and then we have Colossus holding Professor X in his chair which is pretty funny
1: yeah so Cyclops calls and he's like, "That's not like the X Men to leave Kitty there all by herself on Christmas Eve." I, it's kind of weird that they all. Leave. I think it is kind of like them. Remember when they all left Banshee in the hospital on Christmas Eve? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. The X Men. The X Men love to abandon people on Christmas Eve.
2: But it's also weird, though. Aren't there more people at the mansion? I mean, I guess it's Christmas, so. Yeah. What students would be there? I don't. We
1: don't really have students at this point. We just have X Men. I guess that's
2: true. I guess they they are the students still at this point.
1: Well, Kitty's the the one student.
3: (laughs) We have a
2: fifteen
1: tuition. Really, really expensive. (laughs) Because she has to pay all of their salaries. Yeah.
0: I just love how they all fit in the car.
1: I also like again the Kitty talks about how the X Men all seem really sad about Jean. I guess so. (laughs) <laughs> they they never mention it or talk about it except yeah. for that one thing with Nightcrawler when they were in Canada in the in the funeral. But other than that, we've had no no apparent sadness at all.
2: Well, they've moved on.
1: Yeah. So Cyclops obviously points out that girls cannot be the captain of boats. <laughs> obviously.
2: eighties.
1: And then Kenny makes a reference about being here since the last September. So I'm kind of curious. I mean, she it's must been over a year. This is Christmas though. She has to be like just the past September, right? We only had like three issues since she showed up at the school. Yeah, it seems it like can't, that would, it can't be like a year plus.
2: Yeah, it seems like that would be too long. Yeah, unless they're trying to fast forward time a lot, but I don't. That's a big jump. Though. That is a big jump. So she's in the danger room. She steps in some goo. Ugh, <laughs>
1: like, oh, okay, I hate it when I step in alien poop. Yeah, or demon poop. I'm sorry.
2: And then she sees the. She says, What is is
1: this? (laughs) Not, or who? Yeah, the narrator says, Not who, Kenny? What? And then she says, (laughs) No! (laughs) Exactly like that. That's the demon. That is a pretty gnarly looking demon. All right, so this has to be like a demon underling or like a commoner, right? Because when they first bought the Nagari, we had the one eyed. Kind of demon monster, but he was very humanoid. Yeah, he true. had demon features and he had the one eye, obviously, the Cyclops thing.
2: But he wasn't an alien monster. Maybe this demon is starving and that's its problem because it's been on its own all this time, so it's sad and lonely Maybe. and depressed. But
1: I'm guessing there's probably ranks and different kinds of demons, but
0: he's just looking for a friend.
2: It's just
0: <laughs> it's like E.T. Yeah.
2: E. Basically, he's E.T. Except he rips a, a hole, in, except <laughs> he tears a hole in the
3: roof. Yes.
1: Well, he one in the skylight. All right, so I really like this scene on page 14. It reminded me of G.I. Joe when they would show the bases and stuff. And I'm sure other comics did this too back then.
3: Yeah.
2: And
1: we, we literally see like a panel and we see it like an x-ray yeah. vision through the walls.
2: Like an, like an old doll, like a toy.
1: Yeah, like a toy like house. To yeah. And we see kitty phasing through the walls and the alien or the demon keep calling it an alien because it looks like james cameron alien but kitty phases through the wall and then phases through the stairs i thought those are really cool artistic scenes
2: i agree and she's perfect for that because she just phases through it's perfect to kind of show off the house a little
1: bit i think this is the first time that we know that kitty can walk on air um, I thought in the in her first appearance she floats no, issue, down
2: two issues ago when she's in, when she accidentally gets in the danger room it talks about her walking
1: on the molecules. Oh, the you're right, you're right. I'm sorry. <clears throat> but okay. I think before that Never
2: mind. that was the first time they had done that. So
1: you're right. But can she walk on sunshine? Oh,
2: uh, talk about the '80s.
1: Yeah. Right. So then you would go through all the fighting and stuff. Although it didn't show oh, her really like cool climbing art.
2: through the air. That's different. Because before, yeah. it's like she just kind of walked.
1: Well, but I mean, you can float. You can climb, right? Right, but, but the
0: idea... W- climb.
1: In this one, yeah. Yeah, in this oh, one. We're talking about in the previous one. In the one before, thing. it
2: was like she was walking on the molecules, but she's still basically on the floor. But the idea is why she didn't fall through the floor is because she could do that. Right. This, I mean, I guess it stands to... I, mean, I guess
1: she, to she has to have that go. power or she would just sink to the core oh, of the earth yeah. every time she phased. So, it makes sense.
2: It does make sense. but then, So, it makes sense that she could kind of climb the air, although yeah. it yeah. seems like she could then fly or do a lot more in the air than she right. ever does. But.
1: So, I like Kenny's sentiment, where she's like, I have to defeat this because if, if the demon kills me, then it'll ambush the X-Men when they come home and defeat them all easily. Which, I don't... <laughs> I like that Kitty's thinking of her teammates. Right. But I don't know if she can assume as, you know, a brand new student X-Men that just because the demon defeats her, it would automatically butcher all the other X-Men put together.
2: I think that's a pretty uh, bold assessment
1: on her. Right. And, honestly, it might not surprise them. The demon might find Wolverine's secret penthouse stash, (laughs) and get really occupied. And the X-Men might surprise him.
2: And they could also notice that the roof has been torn off the mansion (laughs) when they get
1: there. Or uh, when they came back from, um, or that there's
0: a giant hole in the wall right by the phone. When they come back from holes in
1: a bunch of walls. They came back from from Mirror Island, and when Professor X came back from space, and he was waiting for him in the foyer. Yeah. In the storm scouts, like the blackbird, detects another presence in the house, and they all yeah. rush in the door, after ready to fight. Right, yeah. like, surely if they see a, a busted-up mansion. They would at least do that much.
2: You'd think so. So,
1: I thought it was funny on page on page twenty-three. We get an alien reference in an alien rip-off story. I thought that was a little meta. Yeah. Where she's like, "Oh, it's gonna be like that sci-fi movie where they use fire to hurt the alien. Maybe <laughs> I can do that." <laughs> By the way, this story is a lot like Alien. Yeah. Yeah, was Alien already out by this point? Seventy
2: nine. Was it that? I don't remember.
1: I'm looking up right now. Do it. When did Alien come out? Seventy nine. Yeah, that's out. All right, <laughs> we have a monocar. What? That's how they get to the hangar in the X-Mansion. The mono car.
2: The mono car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a good little monorail. <laughs>
1: yeah. And a uh, good thing on page six, she learned the uh, launch sequence of the Blackbird. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty convenient. Yeah. And all through this comic, but on page 27 especially, when the burnt alien reaches for her as it's disintegrating. Yeah. It's another great example of awesome John Byrne faces. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. you got anything else?
2: Not really. I mean, it's...
1: So I thought the art was awesome. Uh, the story was... Uh... <sighs> I'm doing the thing Colossus did with the shirt collar. Yeah. I really, really like the idea of this being kind of Kitty's coming out party as an X-Men. Yeah. I just wish they would have used a different nemesis.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a pretty dumb story. Yeah. And especially on the heels of such a such an amazing story, several amazing yeah. stories back to back, Right. that it's a real stinker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is just like, and being John Burns last. I mean, those yeah, the, that
1: makes it exceptionally disappointing. <clears throat> Though I will have to say, we we need to be a little bit careful because this issue is very well looked upon. Is it? I think mostly just because of the kitty part. Yeah. Well, like a lot of, especially kitty fans, really, really love this story. I just don't really get it.
2: Well, and it, and it it's not so much really that it's a terrible story.
1: It's pretty bad.
2: <laughs> I think it is, but that's because I don't like stuff like this. Yes. If you were someone who liked demon type things or these kind of spiritual nemesises, nemeses, whatever. Yeah. Like a Doctor Strange type person, I could see this liking this a lot because it's not like it's not like the story's really bad. It's just a, a, a kind of idea that I think is kind of dumb. Or I like the idea of the demons and the Obelisk. I think is kind of stupid. But right. if you like that kind of thing, they do a good job with it, and the art is really good. So I think yeah, right. It is important. It's a, it's an important issue for Kitty, even if it has it's kind
1: of silly alright so yeah I think it's kind of a crappy story but I do re- I like what it represents for Kitty it kind of makes her actually an X-Men yeah since we just had a story where she was kind of like in the future one of the most important X-Men like this kind of in a way gives credence to yeah, it's kind of her, like where we,
2: her here's where we go here's where yeah. we get how here's, we here's how we
1: get that. to the last issue yeah <laughs> All Right.
2: begin that progression
1: so what are we going to we're we going to grade this one Oh, wait, wait. Real fast. Sorry. So if you turn to the letters page, there's a letter about a guy who's going to quit reading the (laughs) X-Men. He feels like they're getting really crappy. They've run off with the characters. He just doesn't like where they're going. He hated the Hellfire Club, the Dark Phoenix saga. Hates all this this classic X-Men stuff. And this guy's name is Kurt Busiek. I know it doesn't mean anything to Denise. Does that ring any bells to Cameron? Kurt Busiek. This guy, in a mere five years, will break into comics as a writer, and will go on to be a fairly legendary writer. Will write Marvels. I
2: recognize the name. Do
1: a lot of JLA and action comics. Interesting. Do some Spider-Man stuff, Iron Man stuff, uh, <laughs> Young Blood. <laughs> Good job there. <laughs> so he no, went but, the image he's one of the image. No, lines. but he's he's mostly known for Astro City, which was a big uh, Wildstorm book. Yeah. But yeah, but no, he he uh, he goes on to be a pretty big X-Men writer, and I think, or not X-Men, uh, comics writer. I I wonder if he would be proud of this winner now.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: it'd be now interesting. that these
1: comics are so well or highly regarded, as well, since he says, he's in the industry,
2: I'm gonna quote from this. He says the change from the old X-Men to the new X-Men was fairly simple to adjust to, because the book was still excellently scripted and drawn. for the past, for the fact past two years since one thirteen.
1: So Arguably some of, of the best X-Men stories in history. Yes,
2: I've watched the book degenerate, watched the X Men become a perversion <laughs> of what they once were. Watched you twist and mangle characters you virtually created.
1: Didn't they actually create them?
2: I think in those cases. <laughs> and then he says he first decided to stop buying during the Hellfire Club, but he held on for a while yeah. He says during the Dark Phoenix story, he decided to quit again. But when he heard about the conclusion, he decided to stick around till Cyclops left. Yeah. And now he can't even justify buying the X Men.
1: Yeah. I should see him curb Breesiex on Twitter, and uh, send him a tweet saying, "I just read your letter in Uncanny One Forty Three. You
2: Want to stand by those words?" To be fair, this letter, I would guess may well have come in before... Oh,
1: before Days of Future Days Past. Days of Future Past. Yes.
2: So he's reacting But it's to, after
1: the Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah, well, you know,
2: I'm not standing up with that. I'm just saying. Right. But I do like... I like how Chris Claremont responded. So I'm just going to read a line or two. He says, I'm sorry you feel the way you do, Kurt. Unfortunately, one person's dark age is another's renaissance. I thought that was a great response.
1: It was, especially for a guy that talked about... A perversion. I mean, if someone tosses around a perversion of the X-Men, then you have to you have to come back talking about the Renaissance. Yeah, <laughs> you got well, you got to match the highfalutin of your letter.
2: Well, it's an interesting argument because the, he's saying that they they're ruining characters they created. Right. But if they created the characters, this is what the characters do. Someone who perverts the character. That's like oh, a new artist has taken over and now he's ruining it. Right but in this case this is all stuff they created so yeah
1: anyway I don't know alright alright so let's uh, let's rate this one then Uncanny X-Men 143 what do you give it Denise
0: it's only getting two claws
1: two out of six Cameron She's a tough critic
2: um, I'm gonna do three because I do think it is important for Kitty and, and the art is good, and it is the last John Barnes. I
1: think the art's exceptional. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do three out of six for the same reasons Cameron just said. I like what it means for Kitty. I love the art. Do not like the Nick g- Garay. Nick um, Garay. Oh, wow. I got off and close to accidentally saying the N word there. <laughs> Hello. Way to go, Chris Claremont. And the racism on this podcast is out the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I can taste it in the air. All right, so before we move on from this issue completely. Why I have you or while I have you both here. John Burns Legacy on the X-Men. Big topic. Let's try to sum it up in some small sound bites.
2: Okay. Really important.
1: <laughs> That's the smallest small <laughs> I'm gonna say awesome.
0: Great. <laughs> no,
1: but I mean okay, so A1. <laughs> being muddled by some of his future art. I had forgotten how good his art in his prime was. Yeah. And particularly when he wasn't inking himself. When The John Byrne-Terry Austin combo, I think, might be still, as we've been going back and reading There's I think I've said this already, but one of my favorite art, artist team-ups in all comics, like counting modern ones. Yeah. I, I think this art, at its best, stands up to anything classic or modern and as far as his I would say
2: definitely top top three
1: really I was going to say top ten for sure I thought you just said you thought it was the best no 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 one no. of the best Oh, I miss- If I if I said best, I misspoke. Okay. I, I think say- it's I still put. And I know it's not very hip to say this nowadays, but I still put uh, Jim Lee and Scott Williams is probably my favorite team. That's
2: up. the first thing I thought of. Yeah, Jim Lee. You can I mean, you can't.
1: And particularly when he's inked by Scott Williams. Yeah. There, um, there
2: is no. I don't know. Th- this is bold statement, but in my mind, there, I still think Jim Lee is probably my favorite of all yeah, time. Yeah.
1: He is. He's got. I think it's interesting. Uh, a lot of, well, this conversation for another time. Maybe when we actually get to Jim, we will talk about yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. But no, I'd put Burn up there though. Yeah. I, oh, I uh I don't, I don't know if I had to rank where I'd put him, but it probably, probably, definitely top ten, probably yeah. top five. Yeah, top um, three is too high.
2: For yeah, for me.
1: But yeah. Uh, but no, I love it. Art and honestly, him and Claremont. I mean, their influence on the X Men is completely undeniable. Oh, like yeah. they shape what the X Men are. Still. Oh
2: yeah. Well, even I mean. You think about And
1: let's, let's I mean, where are the podcasts that go? let's talk about Wolverine. Byrne, who I think had a lot of influence over what Wolverine did, because Claremont didn't even want to use him at first. Yeah. Like he was going to kill him off. And Burn was like, no. And I think Byrne originally, if you read interviews, and this, I think most of this is common knowledge, but it's a Wolverine podcast. I think his original response was, no, he's the only Canadian. I'm Canadian. I want to keep him around. It's <laughs> funny. <laughs> But I think he, I think he developed with Claremont. I mean, this run sets the foundation for everything Wolverine is. Yeah, I think he's massively important to the character, to his personality, uh, to his pat. We get the healing factor, the adamantium, the backstory, yeah. there uh, are the amnesia. I mean, all that stuff is born Claremont. It's I just you
2: could, you could argue that. This, these are the. You don't really get any other any other reveals that aren't at least tied to what they introduce here until like Origin.
1: Yeah, way later.
2: I mean, because even yeah. if you think about like the, the all the, the other stuff stuff in the nineties. I mean, you, the Weapon
1: X stuff can only happen because the Hudsons found Wolverine right. in the wilderness, and they set that up in a the feral idea state. of The
2: government making this. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, and the adamant, all that stuff is set up here.
1: Right. It's not. It's it's expanded on later, but and it even all like the comes. Stuff yeah,
2: still ties into this a little bit, but I mean, right. it goes a little farther, but yeah.
1: So I would say I would say that John Byrne's influence on Wolverine and his art was amazing. I'm gonna miss it. Yeah, as we move forward, and it really is a shame this was his last issue. <laughs> yeah,
2: it really is. And you know, there's you know, and just to say art too, there's not really oh, major reinterpretations of Wolverine beyond what. Burn done. I mean, we'll get some differences in his costume and whatnot.
1: Yeah, uh, some of the more modern stylized. You get guys to do it real stylized. Yeah, but, but even then, just a
2: the squatty, hairy, pointy ears. I mean, that right. That Wolverine stays. It's yeah. You don't ever get someone start drawing the, right. the skinny Wolverine. Yeah. You know, right?
1: But honestly, and, and i talked about this before. I think on a couple of different artists, but in the Burn Claremont run, and particularly Burns. Late '70s, early '80s work. They were wrapping up here on the X-Men. All of my favorite artists would cite this as an influence on their style. Yeah. If, if not all, most, most of my favorite artists would. If, if they don't say, "Oh, it's great," they say, "Oh well, no, I, I tried to draw like that, or right. that shaped some something of the way I draw." So we even get future great artist based on being inspired by Burns. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess all all that to say is I'll I'll miss his work on this book. And it's been a real treat going back and reading all these issues from the podcast. So, anybody else want to add anything before we move to our conclusion? Alright, let's do it. Alright, so I hope you enjoyed this uh, special flashback episode with multiple hosts.
3: Multiple!
1: all right so real fast let's do our wolverine review for these issues so we got our first alternate future wolverine we got that the healing factor does not prevent pain he can bounce back but it still will hurt like hell right um we got at least at this point in continuity he can die So that's important oh we get that logan and mariko are actually an item like they're going out yeah and we we kind of get the the idea that, that Wolverine doesn't feel like he can change. We kind of we're really starting to kind of get the oh, poor Wolverine. Almost <laughs> we call it the Wolverine version of a pity party. It's not your your wimpy guy's pity party, but right. it's like I guess I'm just stuck this way. Yeah. And we get the hair trigger Berserker. The Berserker in the past has always been in action, during fights. Yeah. This uh, obviously he's really jealous.
2: <laughs> yeah, his emotions are tied in.
1: Right, so any, anything else I missed that we really need to talk about? Uh, for Wolverine, I don't think yeah. so.
0: Yeah, just that it's the first time he pees in a lot. <laughs>
2: yes. He on a lock. That is true. That is the first, I think.
1: Yes. Well, then, um, Cameron, do your
2: plugs. You can follow me on Twitter, at Cameron Sinclair. And you should. I don't tweet that much, but when I do, it's... And me. Yeah. <laughs> I Jinx.
1: don't think so um,
2: the main thing I'm up to which if you've listened you've heard me say before but I have a podcast called History Banter um, where we talk about history movies and me and some other historians basically do that and we try to make it light try to make it interesting uh, website historybanter.com we do a bunch of different stuff articles, pictures, our podcast we have some interesting developments coming up this, uh, hopefully in the next couple of months so check us out Sweet. If you're inclined. <laughs> <laughs> That's because
1: really, we're in a field watching fireworks. I can't do that.
2: <laughs> you know what? I'm out of here.
1: <laughs> oh, is there a horse running away or something running away? That would be so. funny if it was like a broken glass and like running. <laughs> right. Anyway, Denise, anything you want to plug? Not yet. Is it too early to make tease?
0: We can tease.
1: I want you to tease. Why don't you be a tease?
0: Uh, so... <laughs> so, for those of you out there who uh, know my love for The Walking Dead, you might have a little something coming your way.
3: <laughs> Strike.
1: Yes. No, I think it's safe to say we haven't set up all of the um, necessary... Entanglements yes. like websites and emails and Twitters, but uh, we're going to be doing a uh, Walking Dead comic book podcast. Yes, and there'll be announcements about the specifics coming soon. Yep.
2: So, is Chris Hardwick going to be a guest on your? I podcast? wish he yeah. would
1: not return my calls.
2: <laughs> are you? Do- you're not doing the TV show, just just the comic, or are you going to talk about uh, the, the TV
1: or- show? Will come into play, but we're doing the comics. You were trying
0: okay. to stick. To There's the already
1: of- a TV show podcast. Yeah. I'm sure there's a bunch of them I was
3: curious.
0: We're trying to stick to eighty percent comic, but obviously when things happen there's a comparison. Yeah. Right, you can't help it a little bit.
2: Yeah. But. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Yeah. I too love The Walking Dead, so Yeah. So anyway, that
1: will be coming. there'll be more announcements about that on other episodes. Yes. So when that's officially ready. But we have mm. we have five episodes in the can. So I think we're yes. about ready to to start putting them out.
0: Our goal is to have seven. Yeah. As a little buffer.
1: Right. Because be, we're going to try to do it weekly. Yes. So, wanted to get a head start. Yes. <laughs> so, um, all right. Obviously, this podcast has stuff to plug, too. Please leave an iTunes review if you want. Uh, like the Facebook page. Uh, the website is nickcast.podbean.com. You can go there for show notes and stuff. Email your thoughts. Hopefully, you love this episode. Hopefully, having Cameron and Denise at the same time Woohoo! will be the highest downloaded episode ever. And In maybe the
2: millions.
1: Maybe we'll actually get an email. So, if you want to, <laughs> you can send it to snickcast at yahoo.com. Twitter is at snickcast. I don't know what'll be next. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, so, until next time, from the whole Snick family, <laughs> hugs and snicks.
3: Bye. Bye. Bye.